All right, it's time, and it's that time of year. This is the game of the year, 2023, and I've got a packed house. We're gonna run through this. You gotta list them off. One, two, three, four, five, five. <laughs> well, on the show, we got Anthony. Yep. We got Jay. Bonjourno. We got this new guy named Drew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got Terry. What up? And we got the Wombat. Correct. All right. Uh, if this is anybody's first time on the game of the year, uh, we're already going to do 2024 because we're going to outdo, outdo Keeley. I need you to tell me what your best games of 2024 are. 2024? 2024. We got to pick them now. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. You're right. You're right. All right. Yeah, we got to get ahead of the game. Get ahead of the game. We got to outdo Keeley. Summer Game uh, Fest it's, is ours. It's, it's Yakuza. Done. All right. Moving on. It's, it's not the, Yakuza. The, re anymore. the remastered version of Starfield. That's the one. The Starfield 2.0. No, Last yep. of Us 2 Part it... two, Last of Us Part 2 remastered. Come on. I mean, that's oh, that's boy. real though. Just, the the second remaster though of of gonna... uh, Last of Us Part Remastered, two. mastered. Right. Ah uh, shit! I just remastered. I, I I did something <laughs> dumb and actually looked up games that are coming out, and I just found out about Rise of the Ronin. Oh yeah, that uh, game was. Awesome. Oh man! Yeah. Oh ah, that's gonna be fire. I mean, the, we got fire in January. Well, we got Like a Dragon, Prince of Persia. Like a Dragon. I'm telling you, oh, Like man. a Dragon oh, is well. is the winner. Yeah, it has that a goddamn Animal Crossing. Awesome. Like it like does. a Like a Dragon will be my game of the year. <laughs> but it's the only <laughs> game you're gonna play. There's no, there's it's no all year. It. It's, it's all year. Drew's Drew's year ends in April, though. So yeah, but I mean, that's the true. only game he's gonna play. So. <laughs> and guess what? That's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> all right so the way this works is we we all have a list of preferably 10 games unless your name is drew um yep or anthony apparently did you not get 10 how did you not get 10 this year i got 10 anthony anthony said he had three but he meant he had three honorable mentions oh, yeah, 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 yeah i read that wrong sorry yeah. so yeah we've got 10 games that are your top 10 we, we always do honorable mentions because the you other's know, Especially this year, there's just too many games. I have special awards. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. No, this is going to be good. You know what? I don't even have honorable mentions. So You only got 10 games? Even... Really? Well, I I had a lot of that stuff going on. So I just, I was like trying to hurry up and get this done, man. Fair like, but, um, As we talk, though, I'm sure I'll be like, oh, oh yeah. yeah it's, fire. Like, unless you, know. you go first, you're going you're gonna to move your list around and add some shit as you go. Looking, looking at last year's, because um, just inside baseball, I I found my last year's list and shared it in our chat. And uh, looking at wombats immediately after, I went, "Oh, that's right, I forgot. Like, I didn't have Vampire Survivors on it because I played it so late. But I think that was actually something I wanted to do an honorable mention for, and which I didn't include last year. So yeah, it should happens." And then every yeah. usually people have some disappointments, which I have a bunch. I only have three. Um, I think I I've got three as well. I have three disappointments, but some of the other special awards are. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't you? All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna kick this off. Get started, Anthony. Why don't you go? Since you're gonna be the most long-winded, right. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Wait, can I go first? I thought because okay. I don't have honorable mentions. Like I'm just gonna. Can I just run through my ten? Like. I mean, if you want to go, go first. 
Okay. I mean, I don't want to see your thunder dog. If you want to go first, brother, you, you go no, ahead, man. man. I'm just okay. Okay, I'm gonna go first. <clears throat> in my throat. Him. <clears throat> Number ten, Fay Farm. Oh Jesus now, Christ! We're off to a bad this list, Your list is fucking pointless. All right. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm glad, I, I'm glad I showed up today. <laughs> What? Listen, I, I, don't, I still don't know what Fay Farm is. I mean, it's right there. Well, brother, in the name. Let, me, let me let me tell you. Let me tell you what Fay Farm okay. is. So it is a. It's like it's obviously it's a farming simulator, but sure. it's um it's you know you you got there's fairies involved. So you start <laughs> off in like the real world. Well, I know it's in the name, but you start off in like the real world, and as you get to know the villagers and stuff, there's this whole miasma that's like cloaking some of the land, and you uncover um the I forget her name, like the godmother or whatever. And then she unlocks the realm, like the portal where you can go to the realm where the fairies are. And this whole, and it's this whole separate town where you can have a house there and there's like fairy creatures and there's fairy plants. So it's kind of like two games in one. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is one of those farming simulators. So, so it has where you. It's more like, like um, Harvest Moon. Would you say that's yes. kind of what it is? Yes. Yeah. 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 Is, um, is there any? Is there any like combat or anything like that? There is. So okay. Um, so Rune Factory the, then. Yeah. You know what? I have not played that one. I've heard about that because that is it's, that from the Harvest Moon people. Yes, it is. Yes, but it okay. has a little bit of like exploration slash combat to it. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I've played some of those. They're okay. Um, would you say Moonlighter maybe? I mm, I think it sounds more like it's like Rune Factory because okay. there's exploration, like there's stuff that's there's like parts of the map that's blocked off where um you know you have to get to a certain point or get a certain thing to to knock down this objective and then it opens up a different part of the map and then you can explore this area. Um, so yeah, it sounds like it's more like the Rune Factory. Gotcha. Um, than Moonlighter. I love Moonlighter. I was Moonlighter playing that the other day. That game was great. Yeah, yeah um, that game's excellent. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, Faith Farm. It's I mean, it's on the list because I spent a lot of time playing it this year with the with the missus. It's really my wife's genre of choice, and hey, we play I, those I, games together. I, I only kid. I have no interest in farming sims. <laughs> oh, no, listen, you know me. I ain't took none of that personally. I listen. It's I'm tripping because it's on my I, list. I'm like, just I saying, like people... it, to me, you lose me right there. It's like Ken <laughs> with anything that's randomized or souls. Right. I got you. Um. But yeah, so Faith Farm. Now, number nine, and I'm probably going to get some guff from y'all because it's so low on my list, but Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, this this list is, is is already just not any good. I you know. Can, is, mine's not even on my It's because you didn't play, didn't play it. it. Exactly. So there you <laughs> go. But he, yeah. But I, I loved, I, I liked Tears of the Kingdom a lot. I haven't finished it. I got the Master Sword and like got the, you know, cinematics for that and stuff. And that, man, that's a... Uh, that's the thing but anyways i yeah i i like that game love that game the building is cool i just i don't know there's just there was a lot of other stuff this year um that was my thing and zelda wasn't ever i'm going to judge every game going forward as like wow that's better than zelda you are not a gamer here here we go (laughs) that's fine that's fine and i expected that so that's cool so number eight is everspace 2 um <sighs> Everspace 2 okay. is All right, a shut space up, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh it's a space game. Um it's like a uh, freelancer. So you there there's a, a storyline throughout, but I mean you're kind of dropped in this 
um, conflict. And then uh, you get to a certain point where you pretty much are free to do your own thing. Like you can go, you know, mine, you can go bounty hunt, you can, you know, run missions, you can progress the story, um, set up bases, you can go pirate. Like there's a bunch of different stuff to do. And as I've said on the show, lots of times space, that's my jam. So Everspace 2 is, is a fantastic game. But is it that like elite? Ha! In the space jam. What'd you say? Is that a lot like Elite? Elite space. Dangerous? It, oh, is, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, it has elements of Elite, but Elite is, I think, way... It's 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 bigger than Everspace 2 is. Gotcha. Um, so pretty much everything you can do in Elite, you can do in Everspace, but just on a smaller scale. Gotcha. So I mean, like, you know, you can... yeah. Um, cause I like, I like elite too. I wish they would bring the, the Odyssey and I think it got canceled the Odyssey expansion, to console I think where they, they added. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, um, buy it for upgrade on my PC copy. Um, number seven was wild hearts. God, which, I forgot um, that came out. Shit. Oh, I, wild hearts. Yeah. I, so really monster hunter world was my first, um real monster hunting game that i got into and then i played rise on pc uh and fell more in love with it because of um really the movement system and and stuff that they added in rise like i like that way more the only knock i have for the monster hunter series is damn them controls are they got a lot of shit going on with their controls um you ever played uh, tweak it in i don't tweak it in no, not tweak it in. Take tweak it in. Tweak it in. Teach it in. Tweak it in. Whatever the. Tweak it in. I don't fucking know how to pronounce it. They made two of them. They made two. Actually made three. Oh, they made three. Oh fuck. Yeah, it was a remake of the first one. Two Vitas and then one console, I believe. Those are solid monster hunting games. Uh, what was the other one? God Eater. God Eater is another one. God Eater. Yeah. Yeah. I have God Eater three. I think God Eater. I don't want to say I have got it or three. I think on Switch or something, I've, I've played some of it, but I haven't. I didn't realize it was a monster hunting game like that, though. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I got that. I got God Hunter 3 in one of the Humble Bundles. I need to check it out at some point, but I still haven't booted it up. Who who makes yeah. two two kid in? It's, it's somebody who makes something. That's like Koei Tecmo. Koei Tecmo. But, like, which develop? Is it Omega Force? Oh, that makes I believe so. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's Omega what Force I was thinking. Like, the Dynasty Warriors guys, Monster Hunter, basically. Yeah, it Dang. is a microforce. It's, it's solid. It's like it's solid. I liked it. Yeah, it, it plays it's very, well. It's yeah. very arcadey compared to Monster Hunter, which you might yeah. like more. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, which is why, which kind of translates to Wild Hearts, which is why I like Wild Hearts um, a tad more because it's more um, arcadey and actiony than than um, than Monster Hunter. Like I though I I really do like Monster Hunter a lot, but this just being able to get on there with a katana and go ham, or actually I can't even think of the the name of the weapon. It was the swinging. Um, the hook weapon that I used, like the pulling off some of like the different moves and stuff, was just, it was a lot of fun. The combat in that was a lot of fun. Um, number six, RoboCop Rogue City. That game is good. Uh, Y'all motherfuckers missing out. That that game is really good, despite its awful um, freaking save checkpoint oh, system. Fucking like, suck. Jesus Christ, it's awful. Like, so if you sit down to play RoboCop, you need to sit down to play RoboCop. Don't be like, oh, I got I got a couple minutes. Let me shoot some people in Detroit. Nah, nigga, because you ain't going to be able to save. So you're going to have to leave the, use the self, the the game resume or whatever, because it's, yeah. Um, but that game is, is solid. Like, I reviewed it. Like, that's, yeah, it's a really good game. Um, top five. Here we go. <clears throat> this is everything that's better than Tears of the Kingdom to me. All right. <laughs> it's a lie. 
<laughs> Number five, Dave the Diver. That's um, definitely not better than Tears of the Kingdom. I, I what you're talking about. Listen, man, whatever, man. <laughs> I loved Dave the Diver. I know, you know, Ryan tried, you, you played it and it wasn't your jam, but like it, as far as just a chill game, like when you just, just, just try to vibe out and just, you know, sit back and just, just chill, like Dave the Diver is it. Like you, 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 you deep sea exploring and fishing and it has the storyline and then there's different like there's boss monsters and stuff that you fight which is fun and then it's the comedy and stuff in there is is you know it's not knee slapper hilarious but you're like <laughs> oh fat people because it's you know he's he's an overweight <laughs> diver and there's a lot of fat jokes in there listen y'all see me on don't don't nobody send me no hate you see me on the twitter i'm not skinny so fuck you anyway i could talk about fat people anyway so day of the diver is a great game like if you just want to chill out i wish it would come to xbox like i think right now it's only on pc and switch if i'm yes correct. it is not um, on anything else okay i would imagine they're gonna port it because i i saw they just hit like five million sales or something crazy which is good for them it'll pro- it probably, it probably be one of those like here's on game pass we yeah yeah i could see that um but yeah, I would get that again. That's that's a good game. They get that that uh, Dredge DLC going too. Yeah, the crossover. Yes. The crossover. I haven't gotten to that to that stuff yet either. Like I uh, have, you know, the update stuff, but I haven't gotten to the Dredge. Um, I'm surprised the shit that you ain't found a fucking under under the sea shovel knight in that game. Truthfully, really, that motherfucker is in everything. But I, Dave, Dave is not. Um... Like an in, well, first of all, it's not an indie, and second, it's not an indie from North America. Yeah, but or still, Shovel Knight is just everywhere. That's where Shovel Knight comes. Shovel Knight comes into the Western stuff. Not he do show stuff. up in a lot of stuff, though. Damn, Shovel Knight he does. He, a lot. He, and boy, was I tired of seeing him. Yeah, I was like, dude, as soon as I saw him in ukulele, I think that was like the tipping point. Like, that was hey. when we, it was like, oh, okay, I'm done with Shovel Knight. And it's like, yeah, but he's still going to be in 17 other things this year. That motherfucker was in two Smash Brothers clones. Yep. And in Smash Brothers. He's in Smash Brothers. He's just an assist. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh. He everywhere, man. He everywhere. He's in that fighting game from... um. He's in the fighting game, I believe. The anime fighting and game. The anime yeah. fight. Yeah, what the hell was that from, game called? Um, from from Nicholas, the uh, and then the they also had the uh, Crystal Crisis, which I think he was in. He was all yeah. He's in the fighting game with uh, what's the the, the Isaac? Little, the, yeah, Binding of Isaac, dude. What the yeah? When did Shovel Knight become so popular? I don't think I even played his original game. His original his game original is a game 10 is, out of ten. Is amazing. Huh, okay. You played the, right. the original Shovel Knight is, is like that was the indie renaissance right there. Like that it's was called, the game. The game is called Blade Strangers. That's the one. Yeah, it's all it's on Switch and PlayStation, I think. And it's it's the weirdest mashup, just quickly, uh one thousand one spikes, Code of Princess, Cave Story, uh Gunvolt, uh Binding of Isaac, Shovel <laughs> Shovel Knight, uh it's a weird game. And Umihara games. Yeah. yeah. It's actually weird. good, though. It's actually kind of good. It actually Is looks that... neat, like, art style-wise, too. Yeah, it's a good game. Wasn't there a game like that that was, uh, like, a Smash Bros. clone, but, uh, like, Guacamelee was in it? That's, and, that's like... one of the ones that he is, is in that... as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't okay, remember okay. that okay. game name, but, like, yeah. He's also, I can't in... either. He's also in uh, the Ubisoft it's... one, isn't he? Is he in Brawlhalla? Yes, that's that's the Ubisoft. So. Yes. yes, yes, yeah, that's Brawlhalla. Yeah, I told you that dude Man. is everywhere. 
Yeah, he is. Jesus, okay. He, he had a really good game, so he did. to be fair. He did. He's like uh, Slash in that South Park episode. They were talking about Slash being everywhere. It's, uh, it's Shovel Knight. Uh, in the video games, it's Shovel Knight. <laughs> um, okay, number four is uh, Sea of Stars. Um, it's really good. Um, old school RPG. Uh, fantastic music. Great combat. The story is really good like and it has a lot of depth to it um love sea of stars number three is boulders gate three. Ooh, oh, that's um, a shocker i know i know it's crazy that it's on this list even at all it's wild um i'm not even gonna wax poetic about it i mean i already wrote a review and i'm sure it's going to come up on almost everybody's list on here definitely not ken's nope but nope, probably nope. everybody else i think might see it um <laughs> Yeah, Boulder's Gate is a great game. I mean, it's it's a whole experience. I mean, if you haven't played it, play Boulder's Gate. Like, I mean, goodness. Uh, number two is Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I I loved Hogwarts Legacy. I I am a great it was, fucking video game, and I don't absolutely. even like Harry Potter. Yep, and I, that's what I was gonna say. If you if even if you took the Harry Potter stuff away from it, I would recommend that game. Like it. It is a great game. Like it had a great story. Like the open world stuff is done um, really well. Uh, they don't necessarily bombard you with, you know, a bunch. Well, later in the game, you kind of get a, like a lot of different objectives. But I mean, you can choose how you want to do it. So I mean, you could literally role play this game as a student and attend these different classes if you really wanted to do that and experience. Like it, it's a, it's it is a solid game. Like I mean, the combat is fun. Um, like yeah, I, I hope they do more with it. The only thing I I missed was I wish they had some Quidditch in there, which is if you know Harry Potter, that's their uh Wait, sport. they don't have Quidditch? Nah, man. You could fly on a broom, but you can't there. I knew you could fly Quidditch. on a broom, so I assumed Quidditch would be there. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. All right, whatever, yep. fuck it. Everybody that's was so hoping can... for like a DLC or something, but they that's didn't. So they, they could sell you a Quidditch game on its own. Maybe it's that's like what, maybe well, they maybe they have to get, they maybe they have to get it, quit. Quidditch rights, you know, like you, <laughs> you gotta get the official so, Quidditch EA, Players EA, Association. EA, yeah, EA snapped that license up. <laughs> EA Sports up. Quidditch, it's in the game. They made the 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 uh the original the Quidditch game back in the they day. Made the original they had Harry, the Harry Potter, Potter license. Yeah, yeah, yep. and their the um, PC ones were pretty good. They were, yeah. Um, so there is a Quidditch game coming, a standalone Quidditch game coming. Um, it's free to play. I've actually, I was in some of the play tests for it. Um, I think it's going to, I think it comes early this year. Uh, I won't play it, but for those people that like want to play Quidditch, it, yeah, you're going to have a good time. Like, it's Quidditch, and they they managed to to um, uh, work the different nuance. Again, if you're a fan of the book, you know, but uh, the nuances of that game in there and make it kind of controller friendly like it's not really overwhelming but i nah sports games like that it's not for me but yeah it's it's coming um number one for me uh alan wake 2 wow alan wake 2 uh i've complained about that game and i will continue to complain about that game until they fucking fix it because that audio sync is atrocious and it i oh my god but if you take that away and the weird T-posing bugs that I got and some, some of the other weird stuff, phenomenal game and experience. Like, for a fan especially, um, I can't recommend it enough. Like, it, they tie up so many loose ends. Um, 
that have been, you know, out there from the first game and even American Nightmare. They bring different stuff together um, and and even, you know, leave it open for more. Uh, and also, if you are invested in control, because I still haven't beat that, I need to. I, and this actually makes me really want to finish it. Um, they expand on that universe, like controls influence the whole Federal Bureau of Control um, is all throughout Alan Wake too. Like they, they definitely are are building towards something something big there. Um, and I'm here for it. Like I, Alan Wake Two is just just an excellent game. Oh my god! I the only I guess the only real other complaint outside of the the issues they can fix is that I just I wish the, there was more from the final boss. Um, but outside of that, because I, if I go too deep, that, that's a spoiler. But I just I wish there was more. And if you played it, I feel like you would probably feel similar. Um, but God, that game is good. And Saga, oh my God, Saga is such a fantastic addition. And how they p- weave her into the you know the narrative and stuff that was already um, outlined from the first game. And st- oh my God, like this, it's so good. Like I'm I'm so excited to see where they go with this universe. And um, that's it, man. That's that's my top ten. All right. Well, now, Anthony, you can right. take it away. Uh, most beds shitted award, uh, which means they shit in the most amount of beds. Uh, Embracer. Nice. Embracer gets oh, my most bed shitted award, you fucking idiots. Your whole business crumbled because you couldn't make the partnership happen. You shouldn't have fucking bet at all, assholes. Um, where's my goddamn Kickstarter reward, rewards award? Night Dive, where's my shit? I paid for that back in like 2016. They got bought for, by Atari for, now. For so. what? For what game? System Shock. I have not been able to play it. System Shock. The, the, the remake. The remake. The remake. Oh, yeah. That came I, out, but you didn't get your backer stuff. So mm-hmm. here's 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 the problem. When uh back in the day, um, which was when, Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> when you made your payment it asks you what digital code you wanted because the idea was it was going to launch on all things simultaneously that is not the case and we've also moved into another console generation so i said ps4 code because i'm like you're gonna hand me a physical copy of the pc version so i might as well get two console codes but it hasn't come out on anything they haven't offered to change my code and my physical awards aren't uh, rewards aren't here yeah, that's like, the that's the that's the issue with Kickstarter. Uh, the they were thing. the last one I've ever doing, so you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think the more you take a chance at these things, the more times you get burned. I think I've only backed like two projects so far, and the first one was that uh, the big one from uh, Double Fine that uh, remember that adventure Broken game Age? that came out. Broken Age. Yeah, Broken Age. Yeah. yeah, so they they ended up having to break that game up into two parts. It was it was a mess. Like I enjoyed the first part, but didn't like the second part at all, and all this other stuff. So you're basically gambling with your money. So you gotta you, know, you gotta be careful with that. Yeah, so I, you gotta I, I really believe sure. in it. Yeah, and I, I, not 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 be, not feel bad if you end up wasting the money. I also backed the uh, Arm Fantasia and Penny Blood, which is the the spiritual successor to Wild Arms and Shadow Hearts game that's coming out. Yep. So this is a case where I'm so passionate about these franchises that if I never get these games, I'm still glad I took a chance on them anyway. Here's my deal. Issue. That's the it's only not, time that I would do Kickstarter. It's not that the game didn't come out, which I'd already I'd already yeah. faced that because they had canceled it at one point. 
because they had stopped doing a remake and just started doing their own game. And mm-hmm. I backed them because Night Dive is one of the best remaster studios around. Like, <clears throat> all the boomer shooters that have been ported are usually from them. And it shows when it's not. So, um, I had faith in them even back then. And my issue is not that I don't have my physical rewards. My issue is that, like, I don't have anything and other people have played it. So that's that's where I'm like, where's my shit? Anyways, yeah. Yeah, next gotcha. award. Uh, two bad sequels for one game, which is an impressive award because I don't know too many games that get two sequels based off the same title. Um, what, like, Drakengard technically is one, and while the games are janky, like, Nier and Drakengard 2 are nowhere near, like, technical masterpieces. They're not bad games. These, this one has two bad games, and that goes to Flashback, because I don't think anyone remembers. Flashback 2 came out this year. Yeah, we were supposed to get a code, and it never showed up, and I it's probably guess notori- why, because it's terrible. Yeah, it's notoriously bad, <laughs> and uh, that's impressive, because that means it joins Fade to Black. Oh man, Fade to Black, that is a bad video game. Right, like, impressive that the same game got two very bad sequels. Um... I wanted to call this something else, but I thought it'd be a little bit more polite and just called it the greediest release mm-hmm. r- award, uh, which goes to Red Dead Redemption on Switch. And I just wrote $50, get jimmed. Get jimmed. <laughs> um, my favorite title of any video game this year goes to, yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. <laughs> because it's exactly what it says it is. It's all those awful... Um, mobile app ads that don't look anything like the game turned into real games, and it's not bad. Um, so games I just think are bad that got released this year. Um, I wouldn't say they're disappointments because I didn't really have like disappointment means I kind of had faith in it. Um, Clive and Wrench, which is just one of the most unfun 3D collectathons I've ever played. And uh, Exo Primal, which is just a boy, I do not know who you made this game for. Like, what audience? Hey, hey, parents. Man. Yeah, <laughs> hey, fucking. die for Exo Primal. To me, I hate it here. Well, to me, here's the thing Is it a terrible concept? I guess not, but it's also another one of those games in a genre that is way too filled. Of course, it's not going to succeed. Also, people have been screaming for Dino Crisis for over a decade, and you finally get so close, and you bring dinosaurs into a shooter, and you just won't give the people what they want. Your Resident Evil series could... like You could literally say, from the the people who remastered Resident Evil, or made Resident Evil 2 Remake and all this stuff... And just have them do Dino Crisis. I just don't get it. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was a terrible game, but the, I think the problem with it was it was so boring. Like there's nothing. It is a five. It is unmemorable. The yeah. only reason why I remembered it came out was I looked through a list of games that came out this year. Um, the Game Pass quality. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, disappointments. Uh, WarioWare Move It. I, I'm i sorry, that game should have been better. Uh, I would have preferred a straight port of the Wii game it, for what this one was. 
and um the new uh voice actor kevin afghani i believe is his name um he nails mario but he doesn't do a good wario um it just it felt like a cash-in or like these Mm. were ideas someone had came up and they just kind of quickly packaged them together i don't know it just didn't feel as good as a warrior where it's probably my least favorite warrior game and i've played basically all of them except for like do diy and the dsi game like disappointing uh is it a bad game no it just it shouldn't have been even as much money as the last warrior game with the amount of content it has uh crash team rumble man this game is a lot of fun but it, it, another doa like just you know it's you're not gonna have an audience it, it, there's too many of these things it, this needed to be free too yep. because that kids play kids play free games and like crash isn't the same name it used to be so like i wish they had done more it, it's such a colorful cast of characters and they finally bring Spyro in, but it's just like, man, the, the audience is gone. Like it needs to be put on game pass. I think yeah, game does. pass could revitalize it, but yeah, if, absolutely. if crash, if crash hadn't been in Skylanders, my son would have no idea who crash bandicoot is. Right. And, 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 so, yeah. But, but I mean, they even dropped Spyro's name from Skylanders because Spyro's who, did. Uh, who, yep. who, who cares? Right. Yeah. Like they didn't use Spyro or crash as the main selling characters. Uh, there's like a fish guy I remember yeah. and like a rock golem looking guy. And those were the people that were selling Skylanders, not Spyro or yeah. Crash. So now like, Spyro was Spyro was in the Skylanders original. cartoon. And, 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 yeah, and so he, was Cinder. He was, Cinder, yeah. Cinder is another Spyro character from the yeah. weird Elijah Wood series. So it's not like, anyways, I, I, I think this game still has a lot of potential. And I think it's actually one of the best structures for an online game. There's nothing else like mm-hmm. it. It's this weird... Plot 3D collectathon that is against other people. I've never seen anything like it, and it feels really it good fun. to play. It's fun. Yeah, we had a good time. So it's on no. my disappointment. You didn't oh, have okay. a good time. You're that, the hater. Whatever. Um, well, it's okay. I'm about to piss Ken off, I'm sure, because it's on his list, I'm sure. Watch it. Uh, disappointments. Atomic Heart. I will say this. Wow, way better than I expected it was going to be. I mean, truly, I thought this game was going to come out and be shit. Because I'd watched it for a decade. Um, but it is okay. It just didn't feel fun to play. Which is weird. Like, the combat was so not fun. And then the amount of updates I was getting constantly. It just made me not want to play it. It just felt like a chore at a certain point. <clears throat> and I've heard that game opens up and is really interesting. But I just... You know, if there's going to be a lot of game... It's got to be fun to play, and I didn't find it fun to play. Uh, and now, uh, a weird special mention for a special mention, because I wouldn't say it's like an amazing game, but like Justice League Cosmic Chaos has no right being as good as it is. Like, none. Whatsoever. That game is uh, pretty fun. It is well written. And like, I saw that outright games badge and immediately went, I am in for some shit. Uh, this is the best thing they've probably published ever. Um, I hope this studio gets to work on more comic stuff because they clearly cared. Um, Metroid Prime is in my first special mention because it's one of the best games ever. I just don't feel like I could put it on the list because, like, it's Metroid Prime. 
It's just Metroid you know Prime. There's not a lot of changes to it. Like, visual changes, yes. But, like, it it's one of those... It only looks like you remember. Sort of games. Because, yeah, but like, it controls so Metroid, much better. Sure, but Metroid, Metroid's had remaster like metroid prime has been remastered twice now technically because it's a fucking one of the best amazing game but i'm just saying it's like it's (laughs) a remaster after a remaster is not as impressive to me like Mm. the 17th release of like whatever game like the uh skyrim is not as impressive as skyrim that's crazy because I know Drew and I are going to share a game that's been remade about I don't know four hundred. Remasters on the list, but I'm just that was the reason why I couldn't put Metroid Prime on. If they added content, like like real content, like substantial stuff, I'd go okay, easily coming on the list, but not coming on the list. I almost put it on yeah, mine. Wow, yeah, we're gonna clip <laughs> that. I almost put it on my list because um, it was actually my first time ever playing it. It's um, not mine. That that's the reason great. why I couldn't. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it um, almost I put it on mine. Uh, this didn't make my list because technically it's a 2022 game. Um, but the DLC came out in 2023, and that's when I played it, which is Case of the Golden Idol. Uh, amazing game. Uh, I wouldn't say the first DLC is fantastic. I thought the puzzles were a little convoluted. Um, but the second uh, set of DLC, which added in sort of like solving it over time like a, a length of time which was really interesting um i i loved it but again 2022 um not really a great fit ghost trick the same thing as metroid prime great game it's still just the same game um not real any big changes it looks amazing and i thought it controlled better when not using a stylus but then now here's the 10 games. Uh, number 10 is Dredge. Uh, I wish I spent more time with this. The demo didn't win me over, but upon playing the full thing, I kind of got it. And it's great. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's kind of a combination of the inventory system of Resident Evil <laughs> mixed with like a run-based game, but it's not a roguelike, it's just run-based because every day... I mean, you can stay out. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, really neat. Uh, well-done horror too, which is not like what I'd expect from a game that is based around fishing, but not like directly fishing like most fishing games are. I, it's weird. I could under. I, I now know why it was a hard sell for me. Because, like, it didn't make sense. But, like, I went into it with the right mindset and fell in love. Um, number nine is World of Horror. I, I spoke about this game enough times that you would think it'd probably be higher on my list. And while I really enjoyed it, um, I, I started looking into stuff that I was like, I can't solve. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a case that if you do a, take a certain ending, you get broken VHS tapes. And I said to myself okay, I have a VCR. I need to find someone that can repair them. They're probably in the city. So I walked around and I couldn't find anybody. So I looked it up. And there is nothing to get it, get them repaired. Even though the game says, hey, someone can probably repair these. There's no one to repair it. And you have a VCR in your uh, apartment that does nothing, really. It's this weird, like, 
unfinished concept that's still in the game. And there's a bunch of those. And apparently this game has been pretty much what it is now for quite some time in early access. And a lot of people are saying 1.0 really didn't finish the game in any sense. Um, And that dropped into my list because essentially what I'm playing is very good, but clearly unfinished. Uh, Just kind of put out to be making money. And so it's disappointing. And then the Switch version isn't optimized and should be fine. It's kind of a mess. I still love it. I still play it, but it is one of those things where it's like, I can't put it any higher knowing that. Um, Eight is Disney Illusion Island. It's a Metroidvania where there's only platforming, no combat, and it works really well. I wish the world had a little bit more going on, like character wise, like it's very much you're kind of just platforming in geometric shapes. Um, It's pretty looking, but each area doesn't feel all that different from one another. Um, But really well done game. uh, Very much in line with the Mickey cartoons it's based off of, which I recommend everybody watch. Uh, Here's a remake. We love Katamari Reroll and Royal Reverie. Um, This is the best Katamari game it gets worse from here uh, when they start remastering stuff. And I like Beautiful Katamari, uh, but Beautiful Katamari, the real charm was it was the first time, and honestly, even when there was another HD game, it was still the best looking one. It was an HD Katamari. That's kind of what Beautiful Katamari had to work off of. Well, now I have the best Katamari game in HD, and they added content. I really don't know what to say other than that because it's just it's katamari it's just really smart uh i gave it a 10 um but again it is a remaster and it's a little hard for me to put up because it's like there's a ton of stuff done to it and you've been able to get other katamari games in the interim um and they all sort of satisfy the same itch there's nothing there's there's other katamari games that can replace the feeling of we love katamari but if you've played them all this is the best one to play. Um, number six is Super Mario Wonder. It's a great game. Uh, I, I had trouble deciding six and five on my list. Um, I put Mario at six because while it starts off more difficult, it never really gets all that more difficult at the end. Like I don't feel like the challenge was increasing throughout my playtime. Uh, in fact, at some points it felt easier because of the badges. So it's a great game. I'm really glad that it has as much character as it does when New Super Mario Brothers started to feel very clinical um, and just out there to print money. Um, this has real passion behind it. It shows. Um, I want more of it, but I also want it to be more difficult. Like, I want that extra content that all the other Mario games in the last little while have been offering with their sort of post-game content. Uh, Number five is Tears of the Kingdom. I prefer Breath of the Wild is just what it comes down to. Um, It's a great game. Um, The story, certain aspect of the story really bothered me and it really made it hard to go back though. Um, But 
Uh, if you can get if that's not something that bothers you, and for most people, I don't think it does. For some reason, it just it hit a nerve where I was just like, yeah, that's too disturbing for me. Um, I, you know, so be it. But yeah, I it's still an amazing game. Um, I just also don't love the building mechanic. I I sort of still love the powers in Breath of the Wild because it still felt like all those traditional Zelda powers in some way. Um, number four. Super Mario RPG, it's just nostalgia. I'll, I'll admit it. I I fall prey to it, even though I hate it. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite games from my childhood because it was the first time Mario was anything more than like a guy that ran left to right on my screen. Um, I fell in love with all the tertiary characters, and then I never got any more of them because we got Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi. So to see this return meant a lot. Um, I also have always loved the sort of uh, rendered art style that we sort of lost because we can do better rendering. And uh, they do a really good job of still kind of making all the characters feel like that and look better. Um, And they did add content. It's just not stuff where I'm like, I think it's amazing content that they've added, just kind of number tweaking. But nevertheless, I... I love this game. I'm sorry. I, I hate being the nostalgia bait guy, but I fell for it. <laughs> um, but number three is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, a game based on a series I have no nostalgia for, and I loved it. Um, surprisingly enough, like the gameplay was really good, and the music's good, of course. It's got a lot of art style, but I actually think this might be my favorite story of any game in 2023. Is it the best story? No. Um, I think there's stories that are better written, but it's so uniquely weird. And I bought every part. Like, they they sold me so well on every part of it. I'm like, yeah, this is such a unique story. Like, this can only be told in this art style. This can only be told in the video game. Um, Not, like, in a meta way. Just, like, you wouldn't... I don't think you'd be more as accepting of the plot twist in in a in a in a movie like it, this is so fucking weird um i loved it and i was addicted to it and i still listen to the music from it and feel the same feelings i had when i was playing the game of exploring these sort of urban environments um ah man fuck that's such a good feeling uh number 2 is Baldur's Gate 3 i it's another one where it's like, well, you kind of automatically win. I play D&D every week, and I have for almost nine years now. Um, this is D&D, but a video game. And I'm choosing to experience it as essentially a second D&D session for the week. Uh, I'm not saying it, it doesn't deserve the second spot, but it does get a hefty advantage upon it already being a fantastic title. Um, I feel like it's going to fuck up a lot of people's expectations of RPGs for the next little while because <laughs> of how many fucking options there are. But I, yep. I mean, like there's, it, it was going to be, if it weren't for this next game, it would be number one, but number one is Pikmin four, which is all the shit. I, I love in video Oof. games, uh, being small in a normal sized world. Well, fucking goddamn, that's one of my favorite stupid ideas. I love it in, like, all media. I don't love the movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, the movie 
the story is kind of boring, but I watch it because it has some of the coolest shit in it. Um, and playing through that is great. Chibi Robo is one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, I bought it the day it released because I saw it in Nintendo Power and wanted it. Uh, Clockwork Knight, I grew up playing that. So, like, Pikmin 4 also gets an advantage for, like, just being the thing I already like. Um, but I've also played the other Pikmin games, and I liked Pikmin. And this is a better version of Pikmin in every way as well. And the changes they've made allow me to explore, like, it's a collectathon, which I also love. Like, it's every... It's all the fucking peanut butter and fucking chocolate for me. Just smeared into one. It's every piece of Nintendo I like, like, just the charm of a Nintendo game. Like, it's in here in spades. Ochi is one of the cutest designs I've seen in a while. Just maybe not in the, like, stills, but, like, when he's in motion and he's a living character in the game, like, there's something about it. Like, nobody can do this as good as Nintendo. I don't... How did they sell me on a dog that has two legs and looks like the monsters that eat my Pikmin? Like, I don't know, but they did it because that's what Nintendo does really well. I'm sorry, like, this is a perfect game. Like, to me, everything was done right. There wasn't a spot where I went, man, they could do this better. I, I, it, it was stolen from me. Like, I can still see flaws in Tears of the Kingdom. It, um, you know, it's, it, it still has all the problems that Breath of the Wild has, right? The deteriorating weapons, and there might be fixes around that, but it's still there. There's still fundamental parts could, that could be changed to make that game even more amazing. I don't think you could do that with Pikmin 4. I think, like, it's going to have to either change drastically again, or the next couple of games are just going to be new maps in this style. Um, It's one of those, this is changing sort of what the expectations are of the series. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty honest here at the year that it was my favorite game, Um, but, you know... I'm sorry, I wasn't going to change. I made my call. And that's it for me, and there's no more stupid awards. I had already given them out. Alright. Anybody want to go next? Anybody want to volunteer? Or I can I... go next. You want to go next? You were going to be my yeah. pick anyway, so there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I've played seven games that came out in 2023. One of which is a I put disappointment with a question mark. And uh, that is um, Starfield. Space! And the reason why (laughs) is because much like uh, No Man's Sky, I played two hours of this game when it released and have yet to go back to it. And I think that kind of says it all. Yeah, I I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. I couldn't put it on my disappointments because I wasn't hyped for it, but I totally get it. Like this game just like, eh. It is listen, I played fifty hours of it and it's on mine. So Yeah. I just like I like I don't know what it was. Like I, I you know, I, I adore Skyrim. I adore Oblivion, you know, Fallout. Like I'll I'll play any of those games any day of the week. For some reason Maybe I'm burned out on those games. Like maybe when when no. Elder Scrolls Six no. comes out, no, I'll be. No, you're, no, you're not. You're no, not. no, I, no. you're I, burned I, out on this specific game. It's, yeah, this it's, game is just, in two hours. It, it, it's, yes, 
it's it's hard. Like people will tell you it gets better later, and it does, but it still doesn't get like great. Yeah, you know? no, and it's the the it is it is a game that is almost built to be as burnout prone as it possibly can be. <laughs> um, I'll talk more about it when we get to mine, but um, it's trust me when I tell you it's not the genre; it's no. the as, game. No, as as an outsider, um, I'll say it now. Uh, it, all the complaints about Starfield feel like Starfield is just the collection of all the problems they've had in other games. Like, uh, weight limit, uh, oh, ammo, uh, yeah. building things, like, all oh, the things the that ammo. people have complained about, like, as a, the only, uh, you know, Fallout 4 is really good, except for the building. You know, stuff like that. It's like, oh, okay, let's do all those complaints, but, like, together as one. I got and so it's just I, kind of boring. In, in the two hours, I got some kind of cough, and I have yet to be able to get rid of it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was it Your was parents had that me. problem as well. Yeah, it was stopping yeah. me from being able to run as good as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't want to play this anymore." And I stopped. Yeah, I mean that's probably the best decision. Yeah, so, I, I I joined the the constellation. Is that the name yeah, of the company? Yeah, I joined them, and then that's where I stopped. Yeah, yeah. That would be on my disappointment list. And it's not even because of, well, the, the stuff that you named are, are problems to be sure. But my big dis- biggest disappointment with that game, and I've, I've spoken about it, is the space stuff. Like, I was so hopeful for, you know, being able to, you know, and I, I think they had dispelled some of that before. But even that that was there, like, it's literally just loading screens. Takeoff is a loading screen. Warp into a planet is a loading which, screen. Landing is a loading screen. About like some of the smaller buildings in like Fallout or Elder Scrolls, like you're loading and you go into this very tiny environment. I mean, that's a Correct. planet like, in Starfield. They they feel right. small. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. the, the the whole the whole game um, wants to create an illusion of depth with a whole lot of breadth instead, and it just it's um uh. Yeah, it's just not it's not as deep as it wants to pretend it is. Yeah. I don't know. Like sci-fi's never really been my jam more than fantasy has. So maybe Elder Scrolls will be my jam. Who knows? I mean if it's like this it won't be because I'm a sci fi guy and Skyrim is like light years better than this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I I just think their approach overall Bethesda's approach overall doesn't translate well to an outer space style game. Uh, And and they, they, they made a decision. They wanted to make an outer space style game without making, without making an outer space game. Um, I think it'll translate much better to the elder Scrolls setting or even a fallout setting. Yeah. If the game had been marketed as, you know, like the outer worlds, right. There would be a lot different, um, Mm, not yeah. just marketed but developed like the outer yeah. world where it was a game set in space um you know think of something more like um uh, mass effect or uh knights of the old republic where you know you're traveling to different planets but the expectation is not that it's a no man's sky like space game or even like mm-hmm. an elite like space game um the reception i think would be a lot different yeah, yeah it's definitely. still i don't think would be universally praised 
but the reception would be different. But that's not the game they tried to make. It's not a marketing problem. It's a design and development problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, my top six, I guess. Um, number six is Diablo 4. And I'll be the first to admit, uh, launch Diablo 4, kind of meh. Season 1, Diablo 4, sucked. Season 2 of Diablo 4, not bad. So we'll see what happens with Season 3. I jumped back in in Season 2, really enjoyed my time with it. The the vampire powers are really cool. Um, When it comes to the... all All the microtransaction stuff does not bother me, really. Because it's all cosmetic stuff, and the whole point of Diablo is getting better, cooler-looking stuff. So, I don't know. I I mean, I've put probably 70 hours into that game. I've made uh, two characters. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to try out the other characters uh, once yeah. the season comes out. So I, I mirror your sentiment about the release. and So I think the campaign of Diablo 4 is actually pretty good. I like the character of Lilith. I think sure. she's more nuanced than a lot of the other antagonists in the Diablo universe. And I'm excited to see where they go with the story. And like you said, the launch status, says, and then especially season one was such a bummer in terms of the quality of content. And they keep making incremental upgrades and improvements. But the thing about it is like Diablo 4 exists in a space where it feels like they don't know that Diablo 3 exists. But all the improvements that they've made over time, over the many, many years, Diablo 3 is in like season 20-something or something like that right now, still pumping out content that's like pretty compelling with new items and stuff like that, and tons of different builds. And Diablo 4 approached the the game design in a way where like, oh, all the quality of life improvements that they've made in Diablo 3 that people swear by, they love, and they praise the developer for, they didn't put any of that on Diablo 4, and they were acting like they were surprised. Like it, you know, like people are surprised. They're like, "Well, it's it's a new game, you know. It's gonna take time." No, you already have a blueprint, a blueprint for a fantastic Diablo game in Diablo three, but you didn't look at all the successful things that you've done with your already established game and made Diablo four as something new that is not new at all and lacking in a lot of ways. And that frustrates me with Diablo yeah. four specifically because it has so much potential. Uh, but yeah, it's going to take many years to even get close to fulfilling it. The the issue, and I, I've brought it up before, but I, even whenever I was playing season two, like leveling a character, um, the issue, uh, and I don't know if they'll be able to fix it because they kind of wrap the game around it, is the way legendaries work. So obviously you want to get as many uniques as you can. Those are hard to come by. So you're going to rely on legendaries. and. In Diablo 3 and in Diablo 2, when a legendary or a unique the equivalent in Diablo 2 dropped, that was a game changer. You you officially have, have now won the next probably 20 hours. Legendaries drop in Diablo 4, and it's like, an, it, sometimes I even freaking skip them. Because it's, it, cause it, I'm just like, come on, man. Because the way, the way they have that game set up with pulling a legendary aspect off of a weapon or or a piece of gear and then putting it onto another one, it's like, 
I feel like I'm hoarding these aspects because you, you don't know when you're going to put it because you can only use it one time. Yeah, you know. Right. And once you get that perfect roll, you don't want to use it because, well, I may find something better, you know, two hours down the line. Yeah, so that, I was up, not a fan of that mechanic yeah. at all. And the problem is they've wrapped the entire game around that. Yeah, you know, there's there's times where a rare will drop that's better than a legendary, and it makes no sense. But then you're like, well, you could always put the legendary aspect on that rare. Yeah, I could, but then what happens if I find another rare? Now I have to go grind for another legendary aspect. It, I'll, I'll tell you, Drew, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this is actually on their roadmap for the improvements they're making. I think this is going to be something they're going to address in Season 3, near beginning or mid of, where they're going to make it into like a codex, kind of like what we have in Diablo 3, where you just put the highest value of the legendary aspect and you'll just be able to pull it from a codex. So right. you don't have to worry about having to refarm it. And the thing about it is that you brought it up, you know, like 90% of my storage is legendary affixes that yeah. sometime I might use somewhere down the line and it just kills my inventory space. So, yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I still enjoy the game. You know, I still boot it up occasionally and just, you know, do a couple of, not bounties, but, you know, Tree of Whisper stuff or or do some of the seasonal stuff. Um and I, I've played I've played a necromancer, I've played a rogue, both of which play almost completely different. And that's one thing I will give them because with Diablo three, most of the characters kind of played the same. Just go into a mob and hit a bunch of buttons. This one you actually have to like like the rogue compl- plays completely different from the necro, and I like I, I really enjoyed that, and and it makes it makes the characters feel unique. So I'm I'm excited to try out a different character. I just I don't want to try out another one until a new season starts because I just don't want I feel like I'm wasting my time building a character that I can't take into a season. So I don't know. Like there's a lot that they did really well with Diablo 4. I think it looks amazing. I think um and 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 as far as the gameplay goes, I think it plays great and I think they're slowly getting there. Like it, it was a disappointment at launch for me. It really was. Um, and then season one, I was just like, what the hell are you guys doing? You've, you've nerfed everybody because you, because you, you want them to play season one. Well, some people don't want to play season one. So now they're just officially nerfed, you know, and it was, it was dumb how they did it. But, but season two, they, they, they definitely kind of redeemed themselves a little bit and I'm excited to see where they go from here. Uh, number five is hi-fi rush. Ah, the first mention of hi-fi. Yeah, yeah high, it's crazy high, that it took this long. No shit, high, right? Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is absolutely fantastic. The soundtrack to that game is oh, it's so good. It's so good. The way they handle it with the boss fight. Feels attacked. Damn. I man, I'm sorry I didn't play Hi-Fi Rush. I, I am gonna play it though. Right, oh my god, you, you didn't you need play, to play that? Game. It's so good. Yeah, because yeah. y'all niggas, he was like, "Damn, it's crazy." He's like, "No, Rob, damn, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it." Yeah. But wait, wait—it's rhythm based, right? That's the one where you have to like, yes, with the, with yeah, the combat. You don't okay. have to; it, you just get more damage if you do. Right, yeah. beautiful. Okay, perfect. If you, All right, if we you play there. it on harder difficulties, you kind of need to be on the beat. So I played yeah, it on right. hard because I wanted to like try it out with <clears> you know how the game wanted to be played. Um, and it's very skill based. It's basically a rhythm version of Devil May Cry. And it's so good. It's like it it looks amazing like in action. And the way they go from like cutscene to gameplay, it's almost like you can't tell. 
Yeah. It's, it's characters so f- are all really good too. Yeah, the characters are great. It's actually legitimately funny. Um, that game is is absolutely fantastic. And I highly suggest anybody out there to play it. Uh, number four is Dredge. Uh, picked that up just randomly. <clears throat> I, it, it was on my radar for a little while, and I was like, this looks kind of cool. Um, but uh, when I finally picked it up, I was addicted to this game for probably like two weeks. Like, I, I, that's, like that's all I played. You know, it was it, it's really really good. The way the the way they handle the horror aspect of like you don't know what's out there, and then also the game plays tricks on you. The yes. first time, the first time I, I thought it was amazing. The first time I'm out at, at night, and no, I wouldn't I see... spoil it. I wouldn't spoil it. Okay, all right, all right. It, it's it's so well done. I, yeah. I it took me a minute to realize what was going on. Also. I forgot to mention, it, I don't like. I, I said I don't like deep sea uh, stuff. Like it's not. It that's a good way to get me scared. Um, yeah. But the ocean at night is also up there. Like even if you're above water, just the blackness of everything. Like this game captures that really well. Like yeah. even when you have a light on your um, boat. It doesn't really penetrate the darkness. No. And things like, if depending on how far, how good your light is, like things will just kind of materialize in front of you and you're not realizing it because you're getting, can't, couldn't see it because of the darkness. The way they handle darkness in this game is really darkness. good. I was waiting for somebody to do it. <laughs> but yeah, Dredge is, is fantastic. I love that game. Uh, number I, I three. Mean, I, I, hold on, I picked it up because you you talked it up. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I saw it on sale. I said, uh, I mean, you know, I've been told to play this. All right, I picked it up, <clears> gave it a try, and was like, oh shit, this is really good. Yes, yeah, really good. Uh, number three, uh, Dead Space remake. God damn right. Uh, I'm still playing that right now. I haven't finished it just yet, but damn, is that a good game? Now, here's the thing: we've been talking about it on Phoenix Down. This game is not scary. No, this game, this, this game, yeah, this game has not scared me once. But why did the original Dead Space scare me? Because it did things that back then nobody done, and now a lot of people have done it, so it doesn't work as well. Yeah, yeah. And also the main character speaks as well, so that might go into some of the feeling of immersion in terms of a silent protagonist. You kind right. of feel like you're him versus. I, I really playing. prefer you know Isaac talking, gonna, though. Yeah. I think. I think uh, Ken kind of nailed it because that's from the era of EA doing weird shit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved Mirror's Edge. That second game never clicked with me. Even though it was basically the same thing. It, it, arguably better. But bigger, yeah, it was ways. better. It was bigger. Yeah. It was bigger. It had, it had more of like world building in it. Like It's everything you could want from a game. It, it just like and, and an upgrade tree. Like It was really smart. And I just never, I, I was like, I loved the first game and this is not what I wanted. It's like, no, again, so like, it's totally like, I see how it's a better game, but it doesn't do the same thing. It doesn't capture the same feeling. I think the same goes for Dead Space is just like, Ken's right. You've, once you've seen it, it's not as impressive. Yeah. It's still really good though. Like, oh, it's uh, incredible it, what they did. Oh, yeah. Like they made so many changes that make that game a better game. Yeah, yeah. It's very visceral with its combat. There's so many different options. 
the weapons in that game are amazing. Um, I mean, you can beat that game with just the plasma cutter, which is what I'm doing. Um, and it's so good. It's so good. It looks amazing. Um, the atmosphere, like, like there's small things about that game. Like when you kill, so like the necromorphs, when you kill them, their eyes will stay open and their bodies are laying on the ground. And if, if one of them, if you have a flashlight, you can like, you know how like, uh, um, the reflection of their eyes, you can just see their eyes laying there and it's just so freaking creepy. The lighting in that game is amazing. The most impressive thing in that game visually is when you get that, that blow gun and you shoot a necromorph and you see individual like pieces mm. of flesh coming off of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how good that game looks. It's so good. It's so good. I love Dead Space. Uh, my number two. Baldur's Gate 3. Um we've talked this game up a lot and there's a reason uh larian knows what the hell they're doing and other game companies really should try to mimic what they're doing oh they will because holy crap i mean they'll this try is... to mimic it but i don't think they will yeah that's, it, the that's time, what i mean yeah the time yeah. that it takes to do what they did yeah nah nobody's yeah. gonna take that so, time What's what's crazy is, is I've had Boulder's Gate three for like four years. I had oh, it, you had it in early access. Game. I had it. I had it in early game. access. Yeah, and game. I I played that game for probably two hours and said eh, it's okay, but that full game, oh my god, it's so good. There's yes, so sir. so many options. There's the, there's the, you know like like much like Zelda where you just think oh can I do this oh you absolutely can do this. You know, and and there's so many different ways to approach things, not just like, you know, talking your way out of stuff, but like when you're in combat, you know, just like, can I, maybe if I shoot this up above them, it'll fall. Oh, and it totally does. Or, you know, like, I'm just going to shove this guy over into this ravine. Oh, you totally can. Yeah, it's, it's, Let me throw it, this barrel at this enemy. Oh, shit, there's a knoll in the barrel. Like, yeah, yeah. that game is crazy. <laughs> that game is so good. It's so good. There's so many things to that game. That like I feel like there's people there's there's people out there who who have played through this game who have not had the same experiences I have. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, it it's so good. Um, and I, I mean, par for the course. Go play Original Sin too. Oh yeah, another, another, and the first one too. The first the, one is the first one is good. It's not as good as the second one, but it is a yes. good game. Yeah, the first Ryan. one's. A, I tried to go back to the first one. It has not aged well, man. It has not. I believe it. it. I, I believe I it hasn't aged well. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it hasn't aged well. It's been a long time since I played the first one, but I enjoyed the hell out of it when I played it the first time. Oh, I did too. Like Original Sin One is a very, very quality game, but Original Sin Two, that's like. Yeah. And here's that the thing: I, I think I think I read an article somewhere saying a lot of people who enjoyed Baldur's Gate three have went back to go play uh, um went back to play uh original, original sin two and they're yep. saying they're having a hard time with it because it's hard. That game's hard as shit. Oh yeah, it's hard as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, Baldur's Gate three is a cakewalk compared to Original Sin two. Correct. But uh yeah, that's uh that's my number two. My number one, which Ken probably already knows. Oh I know, I know what it is. Yeah. Uh, the bullet and the Can blade I- itself. Yeah, I was going to say, it's Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 Remake. That 
Ooh, man. So good. That is how you do a fucking remake. Capcom has been knocking it out of the park with these remakes. I still think 2 is the best one. 2 is still the best one. I will, I will agree with that. But damn, does 4 really get close. 4, so here's the thing. I've always had a... I've always had a respect for 4, but since I played it back on GameCube, I always had a negative connotation to it because it, that's that's when it changed, you know. What have they done to my Resident Evil? They've turned it into an action game. And I've always been like, "Eh, I, and I've never actually went back and played it since playing it like on PS2." And I was and and when we said we were going to do it for Phoenix Down, I was like, "All right, all right, well, this is probably not my favorite Resident Evil game, but I'll give it a shot." Boss, Resident Evil Four is amazing. I have a newfound respect for that game. Did you play through the and DLC? I have not. I it have is. Not. It's good. It's it's basically like from the other side, like the original DLC was, but they expand it, just like the right. game. And the the thing that is the most impressive thing about Resident Evil Four, because I mean the visuals look great, the 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 character designs, the the layout of the entire village and, and mansion and everything like that, all that is fantastic. The way that game is built is every time you have a firefight, you have two bullets left to your name. It's always it is perfectly balanced to where. Everything feels frantic. That's how they changed it. You know, Resident Evil One and Two were were scary because you had limited limited stuff, and there's zombies and stuff like that. This game isn't necessarily scary as it is more frantic and panic inducing because you have a million guys around you and just enough ammo to take care of all of them. And I was it's. The way that game is balanced is so perfect because there's obviously some kind of AI or algorithm that reads, okay, he has, he only has one healing item left. He'll be okay. Oh, well, he he needs, he needs some bullets. So we're going to drop some bullets for him. And then, oh, well, he just used up his healing item. Let's give him a healing item. So it, it, the way that game kind of spoon feeds you stuff, it's, it's fucking perfect. Like that Resident Evil 4 remake is 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 to me is the best game of the year. That is that is, oh man! If you have not played that, you need to play that game. Indeed, that's it. That's it for me. All right, Jay, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, I broke my list down to more bite-sized chunks to make them more palatable. I noticed that when I was doing my honorable mentions, there was a lot of these games that I really like that I'm playing through right now and kind of putting them on the back burner to go back to later, but I, I haven't beat them. So I don't want to put them on you know either top 10 or honorable. So I'll start with those first. Uh, Star Ocean, second story R. I think that's another one of those remake scenarios. I think we got so many great remakes this year, particularly. And it's not just Capcom doing good ones. This is a one, uh, I forgot the developer that's doing it, but uh, they did a fantastic job. Star Ocean Second Story is one of my favorite, like call favored PS1 RPG games from the early days, early days of like Tri-Ace and Square and stuff like that. So it was really nice to see it brought back after almost 20 years of its absence. 
another game that I've been playing through now that I really enjoy is one called Turbo Overkill. I think in terms of I don't even really like boomer shooters to be honest with you. I'll play newer newer games that are fast play fast fast paced like uh, Doom Eternal and stuff like that. But I don't the old retro uh, you know, graphics don't really sell me on anything particularly. But this one particularly just has so much charm style and just a sheer speed of the game is just incredible i think this is the best one of its kind that i've ever played and i'm looking forward to finishing it uh, I'm only about like four hours in so far another one that i started uh, that i want to finish is dave the diver i think uh you guys have already you know mentioned that game before i think the, i think terrence put it uh, pretty well in terms of like how chill that game is and that's one of those games that i'm playing on like the steam deck exclusively it's just a really cozy game to play maybe like 30 40 minutes before i go to bed you know it's just, just really nice another game that i started just recently is called witch on the holy night this is a type moon visual novel game type moon is kind of infamous or famous for their fate and Tsukihime series and this is based on their Tsukihime series and their storytelling and characters are always top-notch and this one doesn't seem to be anything out of the norm in that regard I'm really enjoying the story the characters the music everything uh, this is going to take me another like 40 50 hours of reading but uh, I'm, I'm in for the long haul Okay, going straight into honorable mentions. Uh, let me go over a couple of games that's already been mentioned so I can get them out quickly. Resident Evil 4 Remake, honorable mention. I think this was, in terms of just the quality of the game, this would be on my top 10, but because it feels pretty strictly like a remake in terms of it doesn't do enough for me to feel like it deserves its own spotlight again because Resident Evil 4 to me is a very special entry in this series where I played the the infamous village section at a GameStop or something like that on one of those kiosk GameCube. And I walked out of that GameStop with a GameCube memory card and a copy of Resident Evil 4. That's how much I like that game. I've beaten it like six, seven times. The fact that the remake, you know, lives up to the hype of the original and makes it even better in certain areas, like characters, like what they did with Louise, what I thought was fantastic. Uh, and a lot of the elements where it seemed a lot more streamlined with a lot less filter, uh, filler content as well, which I love. But still, at the end of the day, like I think Resident Evil 4 original and Resident Evil 4 Remake kind of stand side by side. They don't replace one or the other. So if you like Resident Evil 4 Remake, you can play the original and vice versa and still enjoy it. Another honorable mention is Alan Wake 2. I think uh, Terrence did a really wonderful job of explaining all the strengths of the game. I think in terms of what Remedy has done in terms of style plus substance, I think Alan Wake 2 is the best. It's kind of the fulfillment of their vision of this mashing of live action media elements plus like survival horror gameplay and the the, the relative flow and style of the game and i think you know it's one of those it has it has that scenario with the the whole <laughs> the dancing and the singing part which i'm sure i'll remember for a very long time i've heard the the song played out uh, in like playlists and stuff like that it's, it's pretty fantastic but once again it's only unhonorable because of the myriad of technical issues that popped up that just that just kind of really, really ruined the flow of the game. Between all the sound desyncs, all the, the visual technical stuff that I ran into, all the loading problem that I ran into, I, there was one specific part where I was near the climax of the game. 
and I'm following these very specific doors, and I'm I'm trying to get to someplace very secretive that no one else can get to normally. So I'm trying to open the door, and all of a sudden, I fall into the ground. And at this part of the narrative, I'm thinking, like, is this part of the game? Is this, like, kind of showing me that I'm going through another world, another parallel universe, I kind of, like, shifting through the ground? But it turns out it was just a bug. And I had to hold, restart the whole session, losing, losing like, 10 minutes of progress. It just really sours a good game when you run into those kind of issues. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Uh, Street Fighter Six, no one has mentioned yet. I think um, in terms of bringing Street Fighter back, actually, Drew, you're a Street Fighter guy. Did you play Street Fighter Six? Nope. I I don't have the time to dedicate to a fighting game anymore. And Street Fighter Five left such a bad taste in my mouth that I just didn't bother. Honestly, Drew, Street Fighter Six does a wonderful job of getting that bad taste out of your mouth in terms of the the terrible launch of street fighter 5 and the overall style of gameplay street fighter 6 is much more faster paced it has a lot more things going with its characters it's just more fun to play and it looks fantastic too the only thing that's really holding it back is the single player content with the whole world tour more or whatever that thing was really hyped up but it ended up being really really boring and tedious and also obviously the microtransactions that's just everywhere i think they try to sell each costume for like like seven dollars or something like that you can't even buy them in a bundle it's it's terrible and they, they're putting it on your face every time you go to try to play online the lobbies we pay like 60 70 dollars for this game and the fact that we have to be bombarded by ads constantly just to play it is is an absolute shame, you know? And it's such a good game in terms of its core gameplay, too. So if you ever get the chance to, like, pick it up at, like, a sale, Drew, for, like, maybe, like, 20 or something like that, I highly recommend it. I think you would get a kick out of the the various uh, characters and stuff like that. Uh, I know it doesn't have uh, Alpha Tail or anything like that, or I'm not sure if it's ever coming back, but uh, there are some characters which I think you might like in terms of okay. their play style. So I, I'll, 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 maybe I will give it a shot one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's one of those situations where you don't have to put that much time in. It's not an RPG game, right? You just kind of go into the practice mode, see who you like, maybe take it online if you like a character. And uh, it's, it's a decent time. <clears throat> Another honor veteran, uh, Stasis Bone Totem. This is a, a point-and-click adventure game, which there aren't a lot of really good ones being made nowadays, but this is like a really sci-fi, excellent... Uh, existential dread kind of game where you're delving into like the bottom of the ocean where there are terrible scientific experiments and all this weird stuff going on and the story and the characters are fantastic there's a character in there where it's like a like an ai teddy bear uh that looks really grotesque but is really endearing in a lot of ways which i'm sure i'm going to remember for a long time and you can even get that game for like super cheap like three or four bucks or in like a part of a bundle. So if you get a chance to grab the game, uh, Stasis Bone Totem, I, I recommend you check it out. Last honorable mention is Hollow Cure. This is like a vampire survivor clone. It's based on like this whole like VTuber thing. But even if you don't like VTubers and have no idea who these characters are, the game is core mechanics and the amount of passion and content that is put into that place made it feel like it was a full price game at like $30, $40, but it's completely free. There's no What's DLC. The name of it? Hollow Cure, H O L L Cure. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I think you would like this game a lot. It's got really. Great I'm sure music. I probably would if it's Vampire yeah. Survivors like. Yeah, 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 and I would say out of all the Vampire Survivors like, 
this is my favorite one. Uh, just, just because of the sheer amount of content and different types of weapons and skill sets and stuff like that that you can get, it's actually really, really cool. So I, I recommend you give that a check. Like I said, completely free. It's available on Steam. Going to my top 10, my top 10 list is uh, the, the, the the top three are numbered. The rest are not. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not good at numbering things in terms of uh, how much I like stuff. So I do have a couple of ones that no one has brought up yet. So getting started, Liza P. Who else plays Liza P here? I played it for I, like I an hour, not. maybe. Yeah, I played it. It, it looks really bad. good. It, actually, it plays really good. Yeah. I debated putting it on my list um, towards the bottom because it was one of the better, because um, I don't like those Souls games, but it definitely was uh, one of the yeah. better ones that I've played. Yeah. Um, it's wild, man. The, the developers of Liza P had never made a Souls-like game or even an action-adventure game previous to this at all. They were, they're were they the people that make DJ Max, man. Those rhythm games. <laughs> so the fact that they can just come out of you know left field with this incredibly highly polished uh, you know, very well-crafted, content-filled game. No issues with DLC or anything like that. The game was perfectly good to play on launch. No technical issues whatsoever uh, and stuff like that that would really bring the experience down, which happened with a lot of, like, big AAA games this year. I think Lords of the Fallen is another one that I reviewed, and that game was just mired with technical issues to the point where it just became unpleasant to play in a lot of ways, and that sucks. But Liza P came up, worked perfectly well from beginning to end. The only complaint that people had was that it was too hard. I thought it was challenging, but it wasn't unfair. So, you know, it was it was very good. And also kind of delves into the story. You know, Liza P kind of goes into the story of Pinocchio. And uh, Geppetto, and it has a really interesting twist on that story with the world building and everything and the game even hints at a potential sequel using another I, I suppose like a fictional character that's very famous as well so I'm very excited to see where they go and also for Souls-like it has one of the best soundtracks of the year for some reason I don't even know why you can find these record record players or records that you can get from doing side quests and finding them in hidden areas and they're they're truly fantastic stuff the the last time I that inside of a hub just to listen to the song or the you know the the various like a uh, original soundtrack doesn't happen very often but i did it a couple times in liza p uh, speaking of songs i do love my uh, rhythm games uh, theater rhythm final bar line if you if you're like me if you like final fantasy music or the square enix music in general and uh, you like rhythm games, this is kind of the game for you. This come this game comes with like 240 songs packed in and has DLC, which includes even more from other series like Nier, uh, Octopath, Chrono Trigger, and much more. So if, you're, if, you, if you like those kind of games, the, like the music from them, it's just fun to play, and just the music just hits, man. Just the music hits really good. Next up is Spider-Man 2. First one to bring this one up. That's, sure that's also on, weird. Like least... an hour and twenty yeah. minutes in, nobody's talking about Spider-Man Two. <laughs> but, but but look who you've gone through. Yeah, I know. People that don't have this a PS5. Nobody, nobody that's gone has a PS5. Yeah. A PS5. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, so we got the peasants list out of the way. So let's go with the rich people's <laughs> list. You know, so the you know. Oh, pretty fucking good. Fuck you, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. I mean, like honestly. 
This is the year that I played the least of my PS5 amongst the years that I had it so far, which is, I think, what, three years now or two years? Yeah, this is the third, uh, third year. Yeah. Third, yeah, three. And um, Spider-Man 2 is one of those reasons why I have a, of, a, of a PlayStation. It's kind of the only way to play it right now. And the thing that I said about Spider-Man is that it had the best traversal of any open-world game. That title now goes to Spider-Man 2. It's one of those games where the the fast travel system, as good as it is and as well implemented it is, is feels like an entirely useless function because I never used it except for once when I wanted to see how it looked like when I used it because it's so much fun just swinging around using the glider suits to get around. I think the story in this game was fantastic in terms of the characters, the development of Harry, uh, Peter, Miles, and how they kind of turn out with their own you know crosses that they bear. It was really good. I think in terms of the overarching storyline, I think. I kind of like the whole Dr. Oct and uh, Peter Parker story better in terms of the whole mentorship. I think that hit me harder in terms of the, the feels. But here it was very good, and the fact that they were able to kind of um, bounce between the characters so effortlessly was pretty, you know, pretty impressive. And that they also ended up making the Mary Jane uh, parts of the game actually pretty good. You know, for a change, because they are they were the worst parts of Spider-Man One. So I'm glad they improved upon that instead of just kind of cutting it away entirely and uh, making it pretty good. So yeah, I you know I don't know what ins- you know Insomniac's gonna do next with the Spider-Man series, but they it surely is a good hands for whatever we, they want to go. We already yeah, we know. Do. Uh, <laughs> everybody know they leaked it. We know what's coming. <laughs> There's no more secrets. You know, things plans can change. You never know. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's part okay. of pretty set in stone. <laughs> Right, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're probably right, but, you know, I'm talking about people that hasn't looked at those leaks. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the next game on the list is Armor Core 6. Um, I think among here, like, Ken, you're an old Armor Core guy, right? Yeah, I, I love the first couple games on the original PlayStation, yes. Did you did you Same. end up playing Armor Core Six at all? Or I I did finally pick it up. I have it. I played through the first level, and that was it. Like the helicopter boss just wrecked me, and then I was like, uh, "All right, I'll come back to this at another time." But yeah, it's okay. It's really good. Gotcha. Uh, it is. It Ron, did you get to play Armor Core Six at all? No, I have not. I'm waiting um, until I get past some of the other stuff in my backlog. It'll probably be a game I play this year. <clears throat> fair enough, fair enough. But I'm I'm excited to hear what you wanna what you're gonna think about because I think not only did uh, FromSoft bring back one of their most like uh, established franchises, which fell forgotten because of their runaway success with the Souls like games, they managed to kind of craft I think what I believe to be the best one of the entire series, and there are like ten Armor Core games, so that's high praise. Indeed, it just plays incredibly well. It's so fast-paced. Everything is just so snappy. All the weapons feel satisfying to use. Going back to the uh, the builder for your armor core to assemble different types of uh, builds for different types of scenarios feels really intuitive because anything that you buy, you can sell back for the same exact price. So the game rewards you to constantly buy, sell things, and experiment based on what you want. And you can have loadouts of things that you are successful with, some things that are very good at taking down bosses that are large, some things that are good at taking down multiple enemies, some things that are good at taking down 
uh, bosses that are fast and kind of gets around you. And I've had, by the end of the campaign, I had like four or five different builds that I would go between. So the gameplay remained very fresh. I thought the story was intriguing. It doesn't really give you a lot of information in terms of the, the world building. You're kind of forced to build it, you know, kind of piece it together on your own. But the fact that I care so much about these characters whose faces I've never seen, who I never really interacted from like a person to person because you play as a, a, in a silent hero and just through their voices and the voice acting is so good in this game too, man. It really sells the, uh, the drama and it has, in my opinion, the best moment in gaming of this year, uh, in that one particular mission, which I don't want to spoil, but, uh, you know, he won't miss. It's kind of the the thing that uh, you'll you'll remember if you ever get to that place. So yeah, just fantastic. Not only did they bring an old series which I love, Back from the Grave, they did so in such spectacular fashion. So I'm very thankful for that. And this game sold very well as well, and they got really good uh, claim from critics. So I'm expecting to see more Armor Core games in the future. So I'm very very excited. Uh, next game is uh, Legend of Heroes: Trails into Reverie. I know, you know, no one here knows what that is, but uh, I'm, you know, my love for the Legend of Heroes series is well established at this point. This is kind of the the um, the finality of the Trails of Cold series, Steel, uh, Trails of Cold Steel, which ran from one to four, and then finally into this, uh, kind of like an epilogue, and also becomes a bridge to the next arc, which is coming out later this year into Calvert's. Um, so this is basically the best version of the Cold Steel in terms of the combat. It has so many different characters that you could put into your party and customize. It's like more than like 20 playable characters you can have. There's all these mini games and extra things that you can do. So there's tons of content, which is not really a staple for the series. You usually just kind of beat the game and you're kind of done and there's just new game plus. But this one has a tremendous amount of post game content, which I really appreciate. And uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful story as usual. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 is up next. I think this is one of those games that got slept on uh, this year in terms of like awards and stuff. Uh, hands down, the best soundtrack of the year in my book. It just I still listen to that soundtrack with the characters and the different types of like battle music, like almost like every other day. It's on the, it's in my playlist when I'm when I'm working, and it, it never fails to get me hyped up. It fixes a lot of the issues with Octopath Traveler 1 where there isn't a lot of interactions between the, the eight characters that you have. So there are these missions that you take on with uh, two or two characters at once and you kind of see them interact with each other, building chemistry. And at the very end, near the post-game, you kind of get them all together to do this whole big thing, which I felt uh, felt pretty natural in terms of the storytelling. I think there is still room for improvement, but everything that they did in this game uh, is truly fantastic in terms of the the steps that they're making to get this uh, series even better and better. So hopefully they'll make a third one and it'll be the one that gets literally everything right. A number, of, uh, and then the last one before my top three is Hi-Fi Rush. I think um, yeah, Drew, you know Drew brought it up. But it's basically incredibly good, like character action game kind of deal and the fact that they put so much passion and love into the game it's one of the most easily visible things you just press start the way the animations of the menus the characters the way that they interact with each other the the writing which i thought was pretty funny in most of the cases 
the fact that everything just kind of goes along with the music. Everything just goes on with the beat of the music uh, that you're listening to. And the entire world kind of blends together into this singular experience of a singular purpose that you're trying to get through, and it's fantastic. I don't think it reaches the heights of like Devil May Cry 5 or Bayonetta in terms of character, like spectacle character fighting. I think it's more shallow than that in terms of that, but that's coming from someone that really delves into spectacle fighting. You know, like me, that's like played every single like Devil May Cry Bayonetta game and stuff like that, except for three, I guess. But uh, it's still fantastic. And the fact that this game was shadow dropped, no marketing nonsense, no dumb DLC season pass, deluxe edition, store exclusive bullshit that everyone is tired of. It just came out and it was fantastic. And we just got to play it right away. And I think that really put it up on my list in terms of how much I enjoyed it because the circumstances around it, it was able to divorce itself from the nastiness of the current game development cycle and the marketing aspect of it that we're all so sick of, you know? And it just came out and it was just a good game. I just wish they would do more of that, to be honest with you. And the fact that the game seems to be coming out, hopefully, on other consoles, uh, you know, will mean better sales and maybe we'll get a sequel or maybe we'll just get other games that are dropped in similar fashion, which I would also enjoy. If that game comes out on Switch, I think it'll do really well on Switch. Man, yes, yes. I just don't know yes. that that game can run on Switch at a good frame rate that would play well. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. this, the Switch is just so underpowered. Yeah, but that game isn't, you know, exactly like a, a visual... Yeah, but here's okay. I somebody made a really good argument. So if Hi-Fi Rush is coming to Switch, why the hell isn't it on Xbox One? Uh, it's, That's, yeah, I don't know. Oh, you would have yeah. to ask Xbox that question. Yeah, I just don't think yeah. I just don't think Hi-Fi Rush works on Switch, at the, especially if they they get to put it at thirty. No way. No way. I mean, Mortal yeah. Kombat One works on Switch. Just no, it fine, doesn't. Ken, so. No, it does not. Define <laughs> <laughs> works. Like... It boots up, motherfucker. <laughs> That's about and then eventually on. something happens. It works, right? So. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 All right. Well, it, it'll it'll work well on PlayStation Five. Okay, fine. It'll be it'll be. Fine oh, they do a PlayStation Five. Yeah. No way. No way. They'll do it, man. They 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 need sales numbers and stuff like that. Tango no, they don't. But you, did you really just say Microsoft needs sales? I said Tango needs more sales. But Tango's owned by Microsoft. They're fine. You know, get better bonuses, man. Shit. I don't know how much Microsoft's paying. But anyway, yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is great. Play it. It's still on Game Pass, I think, for the foreseeable future, right? Because it's owned by Microsoft. So. Yeah, it'll it'll yeah, never leave Game shit. Pass. So. Yeah. That's good. I saw all the Persona games leaving a Game Pass at like end of month. I mean, I was it's, like, oh, it was a twelve month window, so I mean that makes sense. If yeah, you did, if you didn't yeah, play I... them in the twelve months they were there, you didn't want to play them anyway. I'm just saying. Eh, you know how it is with backlogs, man. I oh, just of, of wish course. Just stay for longer. Oh, for sure. But at some point, it's like you know, it's the Netflix model. It, it shit ain't staying. Mm. Gotta go away eventually. Eventually, but I'm saying you know maybe two years instead of one year. You know. Give it, give it Some or, games give it only get, what, like six months or something? I don't know. Yeah. Contracts are crazy, yeah. dude. It is, man. I do I do not envy those people that have to navigate those contracts for like who gets what and for how long and stuff like that. It seems like an absolute mess. 
Um, okay, so getting to my top three. Now, these are numbered. So number three is going to go to yet another Legend of Heroes game, uh, Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure. This is that old, old, like, I think this game originally came out in, like, the early 2010s or something like that on, like, PS, PS Vita and stuff. And this game was really, well, actually... Yeah, don't don't fact check me on that. But uh, regardless, this is probably the best in terms of overall package, like the story, the pacing, the characters, the music, and the gameplay. I think out of the entire series, this is just the best overall package. I don't think it is the strongest in every single aspect, but it just has it all. It just has whatever makes these games work so well. It just puts them all together and is kind of the one. It kind of reminds me of a way like Link to the Past is like the perfect 2D Zelda game, right? Like they did every single thing right in terms of the powers, the level designs, all the all the bosses and everything like that. And that kind of feels like it is. It's the pinnacle of this type of game with this type of engine. And if you know you never play any of the Legend of Heroes games, I think having to play Legend of Heroes uh, Trails to, Trails to Zero and Trails to Azure. Or Trails from Zero and uh, Trails to Azure, those two games specifically are such a fantastic duology that uh, I would not mind if people just played those two games specifically and skipped like the other like ten games in the series. But hopefully that would encourage them to play the other ones too because these two games are so fantastic. Uh, number two is going to be Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, as much as I like to be like a contrarian sometimes, just for not being predictable because you know nobody really wants to be predictable and stuff like that but this was this is one of those games that came out and kind of really dominated my entire free time for like weeks i just while i was working my switch was next to me <laughs> you know when when i had like a 10 15 minute break i will pick that switch up i will be delving it and exploring the under on the underside of hyrule i will be you know knocking out shrines and I actually ended up liking this game more than uh, the uh, Breath of the Wild, mostly because I think I like the overall gameplay more uh, in terms of just being able to get around and do things better because you have such great mobility with the crafts that you can build. Once I built that uh, hover hover bike thing, it was it was basically a GG. You got you got to have the going to explore everything. You got to have the hover bike in your favorites because that bitch is just the best. <laughs> It is it is the absolute best. Once I once I figured that out, I was just flying everywhere across Tyrol, and it was it was it was fantastic. Just to give you an idea of how much I like this game, I finished every shrine. I did not do that for Breath of the Wild. I did not get even close. I finished every shrine. Mm. I got like all the major power ups and uh, different types of items around the world. And uh, it did, I didn't even require a guide to find all the shrines because the layout of the shrines, in relation to how they're layered on top of the under Hyrule, it made it so that all those seeds that you follow along the ground, if you see one at the bottom of Hyrule, on, on the very existing top overlaying that seed with the light and stuff like that, where it becomes a checkpoint, there is a shrine there. And just by using that method, I was able to explore all the underside, map out all the different ones that doesn't have a shrine or that I haven't explored a shrine of on the top side, and be able to just kind of go and knock them out as I go back and forth between the places. And uh, the, the finale of Tears of the Kingdom, I thought was way 
better than the finale of Breath of the Wild 2. It was just epic. I just I just really loved it. The dwelling of the sound, the duel against Ganondorf, the, the 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 music, the way it like wells in at the very last moment. I thought it was fantastic. Um yeah, you, I think it did, would probably go go ahead. I was say, did you notice the names of the shrines and the light roots? Uh I noticed some of them, but I didn't really make any kind of kind of a correct. The light roots are the light roots are the shrine names backwards. Backwards, yeah. Oh, I never even noticed that. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's those kind of details that really make you appreciate the world building in these Zelda games, and I think they did a did a great job. It still has flaws, in my opinion. I think, uh, like, I wouldn't say destructible weapons were as big of a problem here in Tears of the Kingdom because you can just attach a high level. In an ingredient to anything in particular and make a decently powerful weapon that'll last a few strikes. So it kind of gets rid of you having to hoard certain types of things all the time. But at the same time, it's still, you know, it, it's still kind of annoying to deal with in terms of getting, you know, getting everything done and just getting rewarded for your efforts, right? You wanna, you wanna have a nice big reward for getting something done. But if you end up just getting a weapon that you know is kind of breaking, like. You know, 10, 15 hits, or getting like a part for like an ingredient for a weapon. You know, that also breaks in 10, 15 hits. Kind of a kind of a bummer. I think there are still improvements to be made in that formula. I don't know if they're gonna continue with the Breath of the Wild formula for the next game. Did they say specifically whether or uh, not it's gonna be another one of those, or he, it's gonna be different? Yeah, I think it's gonna continue this because in an interview he didn't say specifically, but in an interview mm-hmm. like people were like, "Oh, we want you to go back to the original." He's like, "Yeah, that was a time and place. We're not gonna do that." So, yeah, which, which sucks because I would love to go back to like Link to the Past or or Ocarina style games, but I don't think we're gonna see it. Yeah, I think. You. Yeah. Uh, regarding Tears of the Kingdom, do they have dungeons in this game? Uh, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. They have bigger... The, the things you do in this game are far more dungeon-like than the ones in Breath of the Wild. Than jumping on top of a, a, a beast and then just... Yeah, the beasts are boring. The beasts were yeah. the weakest part of Breath of the Wild to me. Like, these... These are far more intricate, and they have yeah. enemies. Like it's not like a just a puzzle segment, and not a mm-hmm. good one at that. It is like it has the more familiar Zelda dungeon layout. Like I would say, the standout one for me is the desert, because of how everything is sort of handled in it. Um, but there, there's also caves, which I know is a weird thing to point out. But the caves feel like mini dungeons because they all move like move and sort of flow differently. Um and finding those give you another collectible, so they're worth doing. Um I think I appreciated those a lot as well. And that also makes really good use of the ascension ability. Um so there was a little bit more things to do than Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's it's better than Breath of the Wild in terms of the dungeon delving, but don't expect it to be like uh, Ocarina of Time or Skyward Sword kind of dungeon where you know, you're going through this like one hour dungeon with 
multiple mini keys With, and master and keys and style. all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are some like good ones uh, sprinkled here and there. And even getting to them can be pretty fun too. So I think it's kind of the whole package experience and I thought it was it was pretty good overall. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um and my number one is gonna be Baldur's Gate three. Like I said, I, I hate being predictable, but it's the game that kind of changed the opinions of a lot of gamers this year in terms of, oh, well, people think of like CRPGs as this inaccessible thing where it's like, oh, only the most hardcore of hardcore players can enjoy these kind of games. They're too difficult. They're not intuitive. You need to understand the rules of D&D before you get in. But Baldur's Gate 3 kind of showed up and said like, well, watch this. And kind of undid all of those preconceived notions and made us made a, a CRPG that not only was as accessible and as tailored to a player's experience as it could be, but it also made it in a way where it did not have to sacrifice a lot of what makes CRPG so great. The the sheer amount of customization, the choices that truly matter, the meaningful things that you can do with the characters based on their interactions, and the fact that I'm doing another campaign with uh, you know uh, with our guys here with the Drew, Anthony, and Terrence, and I, I have already seen, despite me having played through the game twice and restarted the game uh, another time for you know just to kind of try out a couple of different things. I've seen so many things I haven't seen during my playthrough during our multiplayer session. And the fact that the multi -session, multiplayer works at all, despite the, the bugs that we run into, which kind of suck, but they're in the, you know, in the middle of fixing everything, so hopefully it'll be better and better and better. But the fact that it even works, and I can have this D&D experience uh, you know, uh, on the internet, playing a game without having a dungeon master, it's just really great, because I've always wanted to do like a like a D&D campaign at some point in my life, but I never got around to it because I could never, you know, find the time, find the right group of people and all this stuff. So I'm getting not not an identical experience as you would have, obviously, but in a way where it's uh, it's an experience that fits my play style better. As, and the fact that, you know, it just, it just works, man. This is good. As someone that plays D&D &D and in this exact um, edition of it, uh, I'm going to be honest, you're getting a pretty good experience of like a well-run campaign like it, it it's so awesome to me that like you came into it not playing D, D, and i came into it and i think both of us can walk away and be like this is amazing yeah, so yeah. it's like the, yeah, there's right. there's literally no like disappointing anyone I, I don't know this game is something else it's crazy i just haven't played enough of it to be like it's my number one game but like this is what I want to do if I'm not playing D&D &D with anyone. I'll just boot this up and play a different character. Like, the fact is that, like, inside our campaign, like, we've walked into the wrong room, and because our role wasn't high enough, we died. Like, and that changes how everything <laughs> plays out. Like, that that's so... Like, you, you stealing from people for our campaign, like, like I don't know, there's just... That the the options like when people talk about um, uh, what's what's the terminology for like uh, Deus Ex uh, immersive Sims, this should be in that conversation for those people too. Like this has all of that. It does. So it really the, does. The thing the thing that really pushes it for me was 
there's so many scenes that we've done as as a group, right? Where you know we're we're making decisions and stuff like that, and sometimes we're talking over the cut scene, like, oh, I don't know about this, and you know stuff like that. But the one scene that that still gets me is when we get teleported to the to the the demon's lair, and he's sitting there offering us, you know, something. The entire group shut the hell up. It was dead silence watching this cutscene. And I, I can't remember who was talking, but we all just kind of clicked our, our little decisions and stuff like that. And then after after that, we got sent back to the real world. And I think somebody kicked in. We're just like, this game's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we were so enthralled in this cutscene. Like, what the fuck is going on? We just got teleported. There's this demon dude, and we're in like his fucking lounge and shit. It's crazy. That game is nuts. I, I, the, the, when I was in the, um, big old telescope looking thing to remove the, uh, tadpole. Yeah. Like, that was so intense. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm just like, man. oh, please, God, let me, let me, because I, wait, oh my God, was, that's right. I thought you were going to die. I thought we were yeah. going to lose you. Well, that was, I was like, oh, that, damn. Well, that was w- one thing where I was like, man, like, this if I die here, like I think this should be like I have to start a new character because like it it would feel right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for just to have a character just straight out die in that scenario. But um the other part was like I, I wasn't necessarily wanting to lose the uh tadpole because it has a bunch of abilities, but I also kinda wanted to see how things would play out if I got it removed. And I was with you guys who still had them. Mm. Like it's, I'm like, oh, totally, be... it seems like it's totally viable, though. That's the thing, right? I I mean, it's just it's when I say it's like um, th- this is like playing D and D with like a really good DM. Uh, it has all the answers. Like I have not run into a scenario where I'm like, I should have been able to do this, like. Where I'm like, you just didn't let me do that. Like, no, they they give you the options outright. Like, I never feel like I'm being held back at all. Yeah. yeah. To your point, I have um, I have not uh, consumed any of the other tadpoles. Really, all the way through, all the way through my story on purpose. Um, oh wow! Because it um, it feels like what my paladin would do um and so uh it's completely viable to go through the entire game without consuming a tadpole or expanding your powers that way yeah my paladin is all about i don't give a shit (laughs) yeah oh man that was so cool yeah that that whole breaker yes it's so cool. cool And now he's just there. He's yeah, still the, just the, there. Yeah, he's, just yeah, he's, the he's part of the camp. Sure. Yeah, he's, he's walking mean, over me. Jay, you, uh, oh god, what's the guy's name? The white-haired uh, guy's name? Asterion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, like you robbed him for his clothes. He's still naked. The game just never <laughs> yeah. gave him clothes. We never, he, we never healed him. He's still beat up all the hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Person I, needed I, that fit. Okay, it was for a good cause. I don't, I don't blame yeah. you. I just can't believe the game didn't like just turn back into a game you know what i mean like it kept that consistent and guys let me let me break it down to you all the experiences and all the stories that we have to tell already 
We're still not done with Act One. We're in Act One. We're still not Yeah. Oh, much for that game. I can't. I can't wait to hear the way you guys feel about the game as you get deeper into it. Yeah, we we have we have we have a lot more a lot more adventuring to do. It's so yeah. good. It would have, it would have been my number one, but I haven't played enough of it. I mean, I, is it great? Of course it is. But like, I don't know. Resident, Resident Evil Four really hit really hit something for me. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you know, hopefully we'll be able to play more, and then uh, we can talk about it once we maybe like we can do like a special podcast at the very end once we finish the entire game, and we'll go. just be oh, the four of us just talking about the game. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. You know, talk about our best uh, favorite moments and stuff like that. It'd be a good time. So hopefully, you, you know, know we'll get more sessions. Yeah, that you cool, remember, baby. Easy. Remember, remember that time I pissed off that god and it just killed all of us and we got game over. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. That I was awesome. We like, would have been fine. We were like, huh. Okay. Well. <laughs> reload safe. All right. Die yeah, out of the god mind. <laughs> sure. Christ. Oh, yeah. that game is so good. Man. Yeah, it, it seemed like a good idea at the time, is all I can say. But well, yeah, if, I'd, if I'd have made the role, I don't know. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Maybe it would have been perfectly fine. Maybe we would have been even rewarded for our audacity to speak to a guy that way, but uh, I suppose we, we might find out next time. But yeah, that that's my top ten. Alright. We're going to move on to the Wombat, and I always like to play this game every year. Is like, how far do we get where my list has been talked about every single game? And right now there are four games nobody's mentioned yet that are on my list. Oh, and interesting. I, oh, wow. I know nice. Wombat's going to have two of them, for sure. Well, uh, so okay. I have... Um... Let's see. One, two, three. Let's alone. Let me count real quick. I have one, two, three games on my uh, four games on my actual list that nobody's talked about yet. Okay. And I have two games on my honorable mentions and two games on my disappointments list that nobody's talked about yet. Damn, that's a lot more than me. Holy shit. All I'm going to say is like that just shows how good of a year of gaming. Yeah, sure. As a consumer, anyways, has yeah. been. Yeah, and I didn't play half of them. <clears throat> yeah, you didn't even play ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, um, I'll start with disappointments. So, <clears throat> Starfield's on my disappointments list. No surprises there. You know, again. Uh, before anybody says, well, you played 50 hours of it. How is it disappointing? It's the That's the least amount of hours I've ever put into a Bethesda game ever. He also says um, disappointing, not bad. Oh, no, sure, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Now, yeah. there are parts of the game that I believe are bad. Um, there are parts of it that I believe are good. Um, I, I enjoyed my time with the spaceship builder. Um, I enjoyed, you know, just... Um, uh, finding, you know, being on a planet, watching a spaceship land, uh, going over to that spaceship and jacking it. Um, I enjoyed that. I, I thought that was fun going back and, you know, selling it and all that stuff. Can you cut out him um, saying jacking San Diego. it? I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, Terrence got in San Diego was over here. You know, jacking it in San Diego? What's up? <laughs> uh, straight up jorking it. Anyway, the... Um, <laughs> So the best the best way I can describe that game um, is so in uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Bilbo 
says near the beginning of the book that he feels like butter spread over too much bread. Uh, and that's, that's Starfield. Um, it's butter spread over too much bread. They, they tried to do a whole bunch of things and ended up doing not much at all. Um, the, the, you know, the space combat, um, well, let me just give an example. So one of the things the game loves to do is it loves to give you the illusion of scope. Okay. And so one of the ways it likes to give you the illusion of scope is somebody on the development team at some point played elite and in elite you have to do you have to manage your spaceship you have to manage the power levels on your spaceship and it's important like it's it's not something you can just ignore um if you're in a a fight you have to be changing power levels and stuff that's part of it so in starfield they took the idea of managing power levels and then did shit with it. It, it doesn't, you, you don't have to touch the power levels at all if you don't want to. Um, like you, you, you could just go forever and not touch them. Uh, uh, Ryan, and, um, let me, let me ask you this. Did you do the whole Mantis quest like way earlier than you should have? No, I did not. I didn't, didn't do it actually. I did it way later than I should have. Because by the time I by the time I did it, um, there none of the stuff was worth it at all. For, for me, the, I did it when I was like level ten, and that was the gear that I used for about forty hours of my campaign, and yeah. it kind of sucked. I've heard that. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I I um my spaceship I I stole a spaceship that was probably bigger than what I should have been able to steal. Um. And I used that the entire time and just kind of kept uh, adding and deleting parts in the spaceship builder. Um, but the other thing is, like, you, you'll, you'll add power to your spaceship, right? And so you, uh, you get more switches to toggle, right? You can, you can add more bars of power to your engines, let's say. But it doesn't increase the speed of your ship. It just gives it more granularity um which is silly because there's functionally no difference in a game where space travel is really just floating around in a a localized area um there's no benefit to being able to choose between going you know 30 and 40 um so it's i i don't know it the whole game is like that it's like they 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 played all these games. They had all these ideas of things that they wanted to do, and they did all of them. But they didn't look past the very surface of it to see why that was important or what might be interesting about it. Um, you know, you got a million planets that you can explore, and ninety five percent of them are rocks. And look, that is it realistic? Sure, yeah, it's realistic. Doesn't make it fun. Hey, like, do you not think the astronauts that went to the moon were having fun? <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's especially not it's especially not fun if all I'm if a all I'm doing to get to that planet is fast traveling. I'm not just flying and finding it, which of course is impossible in in real life as well, but I'm just fast traveling to it because it was on a map. I'm fast traveling to the ground. 
And then when I'm on the ground, there ain't shit to do. Um, you know, I, I can, you know, in some levels, I can look at animals and try to uh, classify all the animals on the planet. But even that is like, there's nothing that helps me know where the animals are. You're just wandering around, hoping you see one. I'm going to, um, I'm going to say something because you're when you're describing this, the things that this game at least uh, like tries to do. No Man's Sky actually did that even at launch. Like, oh yeah, so they did that part and, at launch for sure. Yeah, and it, it, and build things and like yeah, it all those things got better with updates, but it from the core like was that. And so like hearing that like Bethesda couldn't even get that right, like the ability to you know fly into space and onto planets, um, is just disappointing on a level I can't describe. Like it feels like that's kind of the important part. Cause at least then when you land on a rock, you landed on a rock. You didn't just right. hit a menu. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the fact that you have to walk everywhere when you get down there anyway, is, is also another giant fail that they're going to try to probably solve with pay, paid DLC. Um, but anyway, that's enough about Starfield. We talked about it way too much already, but it was a game that I was incredibly hyped for. And um, that hype carried me through the amount of it that I played. And then I quit and have absolutely no desire to go back to it. And as I mentioned a couple times with past Bethesda games, I've gone back to them, you know, eight, 10, 12 times and put, you know, another hundred hours in or 50 hours in or however many. So, um, yeah, that's definitely on my disappointments list. Ryan, also on my as someone yeah. who has finished the game in his completion and started the whole new game cycle of whatever that thing is, uh, go, never going back is probably the best thing that you did. Yeah, it's, and it I does mean, not get better. The story yeah, does not get and, better. There's no fulfillment. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured. So I just yeah. um, I just I'll, I'll leave I'll leave the memories alone. Mm-hmm. Um, also. <laughs> Also on my disappointments list, um, AEW Fight Forever. Uh, the game plays well; it really does. Um, but it's just it suffers from a, a tremendous lack of content. Um, you know, I understand it was their first game, their first foray into the genre, and they they've um, made a lot of mistakes that I hope they will learn from. Uh, but the, the single player content in the game is almost non-existent and their DLC is way too expensive and, and not, um, yeah, not worth it, especially compared to what WWE is offering in that category. So, um, I hope that we get another one, uh, and I hope it fixes a lot of the issues they had with this one, because again, it was their first game. They didn't have a ton of, um, uh, would a capital to make it sort of as big as they wanted it. So we'll see what happens with that. Is it, uh, is it done? Like, are they done developing for it? Like, a, um, uh, I, I think I Tony Storm is the last DLC. Yeah, that's the last DLC. I, we'll see. We'll see if they're done mm. with it or not. I, I think it's going to depend on how the DLC does. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so a game that did not have a, um, uh, cost or um, what do you call it? Capital problem, but uh, had uh, a content problem is also on my disappointments list, which is NBA 2K24. Um, after 23, which was an excellent game, 
24 was a step back in almost everything. It was a step back in story for the career mode. It was a step back in gameplay. Um, it was a step back in terms of its over-reliance on uh, uh, what currency, uh, their, their, their paid currency. Um, it's, just a, it's just a really bad version of that game and sort of the culmination of a lot of problems that have been building in 2K's games for a while, specifically in NBA, because the pay-to-win is very strong in uh, the NBA 2K series, and it's only gotten worse. So the good news is that was a that, that is not a localized complaint. Um, just about everybody uh, felt the same way. So hopefully it'll cause some things to change. Don't um, worry, though. They got the biggest feature in there still, which is Jake from State Farm. Jake from State Farm does return and you can still wear the khakis and the red shirt. Like fuck you, you know what I mean? Fuck you. <laughs> They're paying yeah, you, I, paying you to put this shit in this game, and then you're charging me on top of that to buy shit. Yep. Fuck it. Fuck off. Yeah, that's and that's you know there are there are much more egregious sponsorships in that Bra- game as well. So brought to you by the same publisher who put out uh, Red Dead Redemption on Switch for fifty dollars. Yes. Um. So my last disappointment. Um. Anthony, I think, is the only person who've mentioned it. It was also on his disappointments list, and that's Atomic Heart. I'm sure that's on Ken's list, but I, <laughs> I, I, thought, yeah. I thought that game was booty cheeks. Uh, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, anytime, uh, anytime Ryan says something uh, is booty cheeks, I think, oh God, is the best thing ever. Like I love it. Like, that game. That's booty uh, cheeks. I I was so looking forward to that game because I love Bioshock Bioshock games and I thought the like the aesthetic of that game looked great and I fucking hated it. I hated it. He did, yeah. that, he did that when we were talking about doing uh, Gotham Knights. He's like, I'll try it again, but I kind of think that game's booty cheeks. Yeah, so that's <laughs> yep. I that's where I'm at. This man, this man has a game on his list every year that's booty cheeks, but is on somebody else's top ten. Last year was High on Life. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, that's what, true. what was what was last year's High on Life? Oh, yeah, that game sucked, too. That's right. He did say that with Moody Cheeks. You know what? That's going to have to be... Ryan's officially going to have to have an award. That's the Moody Cheeks. The Moody Cheeks award. Cheeks of the year. But we don't, know I, which, uh, we don't know which one gets the award until he goes through his list and it's on one of ours. Like, top Yeah. Yes, 100%. Uh, all right. So, honorable mentions. Um, so, it's crazy to me. Um, that this game is on my honorable mentions list um, because it is a series that I would generally be on the booty cheeks list. <laughs> um, but uh, WWE 2K24 this year's game was great. It was great. And listen, I'm not a WWE guy. Um, I think that a lot of the stuff they do is shady as shit and is pretty gross. And I think a lot of their executive leadership is pretty gross. Um, but that game is really good and they they have they've figured out they've figured out a lot of stuff in the last couple of years i mean 2k20 might be the worst game i've ever played it's definitely the worst game i've ever reviewed um and for them to get to where they're at now um in uh, the the release that they had this year i i think is is pretty 
impressive. So I, I'm actually looking forward to the next WWE game, which has not been the case for a long time. So, um, yeah, I, I had to I had to at least mention it on my honorable mentions list. Uh, next game on my honorable mentions list is Street Fighter Six. Uh, as Jay mentioned, the game plays fantastic. It looks fantastic. The only reason it's on my honorable mentions list and not on my top 10 is because I was hoping for better single player content and it's just not there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed what I played of the game. Um, but my, um, my experience with a fighting game in 2023 is basically going to live and die on how much I enjoy it playing it by myself. And um, there's just not a ton here. Um, the the world tour modes are not great. The arcade modes are fun, but they you know they wear thin after a while. So um, you know if I was still if you know if I was still uh, the me that used to play Street Fighter Two and Street Fighter Four and played online against people and all that, I'm sure that it would be a lot higher on my list. But um, as as a single player game. I can't uh, put it in the top 10. Uh, the other two that are on my honorable mentions list are games that I am convinced if I had played more of them this year, because really all I played of both of them was what would probably be considered the demo content. And in sense of Final Fantasy 16, it 100% is the demo content. So uh, Final Fantasy 16 is the first one. I played the demo of that. I own the game. I have not had a chance to go back and finish it. If I had played more of that, I'm pretty convinced it would be on my list because it's the first Final Fantasy that I've really enjoyed in a long time. Um, so that one is one that if I'm looking back at this list six, eight months from now, um, I may wish was on the, the regular list instead of uh, honorable mention. But I'm going to put it on there uh, with the expectation that uh, once I play more of it, it will climb its way up. And then the second game that's like that is Octopath Traveler 2, um, which I did not play enough of to qualify on my actual list. But uh, if I had, would probably be pretty high up there. So um, I felt like I at least needed to mention it. Um, because once I get back into that game, I'm certain that, again, I'm going to wish that I had played more because it, it will probably um, end up in a, it would have probably ended up in a pretty prominent position. Um, all right, so now to the actual list. Um, number 10 is Super Mario Wonder. Uh, it's a great game. It's really fun. Was hurt by not being as good a multiplayer game as the previous entries in the series have been. Uh, and as somebody who uh, looks forward to these games mostly as multiplayer experiences, both with my son and my wife, um, it uh, just wasn't as good a multiplayer game as it should have been. Uh, but the game itself is fantastic. Um, so it uh, occupies the bottom spot on the list. Um, Number nine, which is um, not on anybody else's list, and I wouldn't have expected it probably to be on anybody else's list, is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, it is a very good, small Assassin's Creed game. Um, I know the the sort of marketing was that they were they were going to make a game like the first one, um, or like the the early ones. It's not really like that. Um, I mean, it kind of is, I guess, depending on how you think of the early games. It's definitely not like um, 
Origins, Odyssey, or Valhalla. Uh, but it's also not really like the early ones either. Uh, it's closer, I guess, to that. But um, it does have, you know, sort of the investigations, not the same way as the first game where you're like listening to conversations and stealing stuff. It does have some aspects of that, but not nearly as uh, repetitive or, or small in scope as the first game was. Um, Baghdad is fantastic. It's one of the better, in terms of city-based uh, Assassin's Creed games, rather than sort of an entire environment, it's one of the better ones. Um, the uh, the missions so far are really good. The story is really good. I, I the 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 one big regret I have is uh, Bassam's voice actor is not the same, and it just it doesn't sound he doesn't sound as good. The voice acting in the game in general is not that great. That's um, weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I I have no idea why, especially considering um, if there was anybody you would think they would want to lock down after Valhalla, it would be Bassam's voice actor. But yeah, they did not. So um, you'll uh, you'd have to play it to see. But he's not as good. Uh, I mean, it's not bad. It's it's not bad, but it's it's just not at the level that I generally expect from the series. Um, but the game itself, the gameplay itself is, is phenomenal. If you have been a fan of the series in the past and you're put off by, um, the sort of open world RPG that the series has turned into, it's definitely worth giving the game a shot. Um, I think the, there's a lot here that people who kind of got burned down on the open world games would really like. Um, so it's, it's worth probably taking a shot on. Um, if nothing else, once it gets a little cheaper in price, or these games always end up in Game Pass, so um, you can you can wait for that. Um, number eight, <coughs> excuse me, is Diablo Four. Um, I finished that game, uh, finished the story of that game, had an absolute blast with the story. I I loved the characters. I loved the. Um, the overall story itself, I loved the gameplay loop for the 45 or 50 hours or so that it took me to finish the game. And then I was absolutely 100% done with it. I uh, have not picked it up, have not looked at a season, have not touched the that a controller with respect to that game since. Um, and that's okay. I was completely fine with that just being a 45 to 50 hour story experience for me. And um, I had a blast with my time while I was playing it. So that's that's the way Diablo 4 will live in my mind. Are you going to pay um, for the expansion? Uh, we'll see. Uh, probably. Because, okay. I mean, the, the story content is what would bring me back. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, number seven on my list. This is another one that hasn't been on anybody else's list so far and l- won't. Um, I'll just say, Ken, this was not one that will be on your list. Um, and that's uh, Dragon, Quest Monsters, oh. Dra- <laughs> Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince. Um, I Everybody who knows me knows I am not a Pokemon person. Um, it's just oh, not my wow. jam. <laughs> but uh, this game is fantastic. Uh, it's really, really, really good. Uh, the story is... Um, the story is good. It's not great. It's good. 
Uh, and it, it kind of presents an alternate timeline to the events of Dragon Quest IV. Um, but the, the actual monster collecting and synthesizing stronger monsters and farming for lower end monsters that you know you can use to synthesize monsters before you should be able to get them naturally, all that stuff is incredibly appealing to me. Uh, and the sort of hub world structure where there are six hub worlds that have three levels each, I think works really well for a game like this. Um, it looks great. Now, listen, does it run well? No, it doesn't because it's a Switch game and they haven't, they haven't made a Switch game that wasn't Nintendo that ran well in three years. Um, but it runs good enough for a, the game that it is. If it was a, you know, if it was an action game, it would, it would probably not work. But um, for a turn-based monster battler game, I think the performance is fine. Um, I actually so, yeah. did pick this up. I just haven't played it at all. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to make well, sure I, am... I grabbed it before the price of the physical copy goes to the moon like the DS games did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. Um, and I, I am still writing a review for it. Uh, so that'll be out soon, which is kind of weird but that I'm writing a review for it after it's on my game of the year list. But um, it, uh, I am uh, almost 40 hours in to the game. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot to do now. Listen, I, everybody knows that I'm a, a grindy kind of person. So, uh, I have done a lot of, um, you know, probably stuff that I didn't need to do trying to get monsters that were above my pay grade. Um, but it's definitely, I, I haven't been bored by any of my 40 hours in the game. It's been a blast the whole time. So if you're at all interested in Dragon Quest or if you're at all interested in Pokemon style games, I would definitely check it out. Uh, it's it's really a lot of fun. All right, uh, number six, which has also not been anybody been on anybody's list, but I imagine will be on Ken's, is Gravity Circuit. Oh, yeah, that's one of them. <clears throat> uh, so we were talking a lot about Shovel Knight earlier. Um, Gravity Circuit is a Mega Man style game that has melee combat, kind of like Shovel Knight. Um, and man, that game is amazing. Uh, the platforming is excellent and is hard as balls. Um, the, the boss fights are a lot of fun. The level designs are really, really excellent. Um, I talked a lot about Gravity Rush a couple weeks ago, so I'm, I'm not going to Gravity Circuit. A whole Gravity Circuit, sorry. Um, I keep doing that. Uh, I talked a lot about it a couple weeks ago, so I'm, I'm not going to tread all that ground again. Um, but if you're at all into Mega Man-style games or retro 2D um, platforming sort of beat-em-up games, it is an absolute joy to play, and um, you should definitely check it out. It's not long. I mean, it's it's a game in that genre, so you can finish it in five or six hours probably um the 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 uh wily equivalent levels here uh are also very hard very difficult uh, but never unfair um just difficult so um it is a it is a game that everybody should go out of their way to play if that genre is interesting to you at all and it's not it's not expensive at all um, it has been off and on sale on Steam for like twelve or thirteen bucks. So it is uh, it is a game you should play. Don't if you have the option, don't play it on Switch. 
because it's you're going to end up spending a lot more money for a game that plays the same way as it does on Steam. So play it on Steam if you have the option. But excellent game. Everybody should play it. And it, it's a little disappointing to me that uh, it, it didn't end up on anybody else's list because I think if the rest of you guys had played it, it probably would have landed on there somewhere. Um, number four, or five, sorry, is uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, love that game. It was for a period of time. Actually, so all the games I'm going to talk about from here on out were uh, my game of the year at some point in the year until the next one came out. Um, so that can probably give you a little bit of a uh, clue as to what the rest of the games on my list are. But um, I absolutely fell in love with Hi-Fi Rush. I, the, the story was hilarious and, and great. The characters were all excellent. The gameplay obviously was fantastic. Um, I can't wait for more content in that universe. And I, I really hope we get a sequel. Um, and, you know, I, I will be there on day one to play the sequel because I, I absolutely love that game. It's fantastic. Um, number four is the last game that nobody's talked about yet. That is also, I guarantee, on Ken's list. And that is Jedi Survivor. Yep, that's another one. Um, th- so that game got a lot of heat this year, deserved heat for the way it launched. Um, but w- number one, they've cleaned that up now. And so if you were afraid to play that game because of some of the glitches that it had at launch, don't be afraid anymore because those are gone. Um, I've, and, I've heard that's only console, though. I heard the PC still has problems. Yeah, so I, I have not played it on PC. So I don't I don't know anything about um, either what the... the, the previous or current status of that is. So yeah, it's a good call out because I've only played it on PlayStation 5. Um, but as a as a Star Wars RPG, the game is fantastic. It's better than the first one. And I the first one was my game of the year, the year it came out. Um, so it is, you know, it has the same kind of Souls light combat um, where you have to worry about, you know, blocking and, and dodging and uh, it's you know difficult without being unfair, but uh, I absolutely loved that game. I thought the story was tremendous, and uh, that's another one that I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do uh, moving forward with the story uh, on that game. So excellent, excellent game. Uh, number three was uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I mean, everybody's talked about that game so far, so I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Although I will say, so as my second Lord of the Rings reference of the day, um, I I said this when the game came out, that um, a a lot of the Lord of the Rings books is about the, you know, the travel, right? And the going from one place to another and the things that happen when you're going from one place to another. And Zelda nails that uh, better than just about any sort of action adventure RPG that I've ever played. Um, there's just yeah. the, the, the going to places is just as much fun as the places, if not more fun than the places. Um, and it, it's, it's the ultimate, um, Hey, look at that over there. Um, I wonder if what I can, or what's over there game. Um, it's, it's tremendous in that regard. And the fact that they were able to successfully pull up 
or pull off um, the underground area, the main level, and then the the sky area is um, really a, a, an achievement. So, and to do all of it on the Switch is crazy. So, there's wizards at Nintendo. Wiz um, orbs, really? Wiz robes, yeah. Um, the I will say though that I um, the the things that hold it back from being higher up on the list for me are all narrative focused. Um, I, I am, you know, story is is the most important thing in a game like that for me. And um, um, so the uh, uh, sorry, um, I got sorry, I got distracted for a second. Somebody, um, you're, you're going to talk about yeah. the uh, teardrops so, be, being out yeah. of order. Yeah, so sorry, yeah. somebody walked in the room. The uh, yeah, so the teardrops are um the the big issue for me in that uh, you that's the main source of. So- story in the game and you can find them out of order and they autoplay so unless you're super quick about skipping it you're going to get spoiled on whatever happens right at the beginning which usually leads from what was the end of the the story bit before and I wasn't as bothered by the actual story content as Anthony was, although I, I'm not certainly not a fan of it. Um, but the way the story is told is just haphazard for a for a game as big as and as important as that. Um, I was not at all a fan of the way the story is told in the game. Even if they wanted to tell it through the tears, they could have made it so that no matter which one you found it told you the next beat in the story um, instead of telling you a defined section of the story, depending on which one it was. I understand why they did that because the designs they had on the ground were supposed to be specific to specific pieces of the story, but it doesn't make the, the actual uh, way that it's told any better. And it opinion. wasn't that well connected to what happened in the, the vision or oh. whatever. Correct. Yeah. Without, without, and also without spoiling anything, they don't, the, the, um, the, for, for as impactful as the end of those tiers should be, it doesn't really feel like it has much of an impact in the, when you'll discover them and find all of them. Um, so yeah, I, I was not a fan of that. The, they should have handled it the way, uh, the Breath of the Wild did, where, um, Obviously, your method is smart if they want to keep the whole teardrop idea. Um, but like the way Breath of the Wild had you go to specific areas that lined up with what happened in the past was smart. Like, here's a bunch of photos, find where this is, and then you can watch the memory. And then all those memories can be watched out of order because they don't, um, it's they're telling bits of history to build up to a specific one that is played after you find all of them. Right. That was a better setup. I don't know. There's just something about tears of the kingdom where I was like, uh, really smart steps forward. And then a couple where I was like, I don't know why you would not fix that problem. Still. Right. Yeah. Uh, All right. So number two on my list um, was Spider-Man two. 
uh, I, you know, I talked about that at length uh, when the game came out. I thought the story that it told was tremendous. Um, one of the better Spider-Man stories in um, uh, that they've ever done, you know, non-comic book. Um, it is just the, the characters are excellent. You know, Jay said a lot more about it. Uh, so I, I won't retread all, everything that he said, but um, the traversal is fantastic. The, the game was fantastic and the story was fantastic. So uh, in, in any other year, that game would have been my number one, but it's not any other year. It's this year. And so this year, my number one is Baldur's Gate 3. Um, uh, my experience with Baldur's Gate 3 is actually different, I think, than than most of the rest of the guys that have talked about it. I know Jay finished it single player first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have not played any multiplayer. And so my experience with the game, I know, you know, um, Anthony for you and, and Drew and, and Terrence and Terrence, you played a decent amount of it single player too, right? Before you guys started doing the mm-hmm. multiplayer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I didn't finish it. And I, so I know for some of you guys, the, um, uh, it, it's what you love about it is the sort of how it replicates a D and D game. Uh, I don't play D&D, and I didn't play this multiplayer, so I'm speaking about the game just as an RPG, and just as an RPG, it's one of the best RPGs that's come out in the last decade. Um, it's excellent. The, the story is excellent. The voice acting is excellent. The characters are excellent. The, the gameplay and all the different things you can do are excellent. It's just a tremendous RPG, even outside of the fact that it replicates the D&D experience so well, which I'm glad to hear. And it's, you know, a, a great game to play with friends, even outside of that, just as a single player RPG. Uh, it's one of the pinnacles of the genre. Yeah. Um, and it's um, it, it is it has the distinction of being uh, one of the rare occasions where the third game in a series is actually the best um, because I, I prefer it to the first two Baldur's Gate games. Um, it's just amazing. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about it other than to say that it is um, it is now the new, um, you know, Morrowind, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Witcher 3, the RPG game that sort of breaks the genre for everybody that has games in process right now. Um, they're all going to end up being compared to Baldur's Gate 3. So just like, you know, everybody's narrative and you know choice decisions and stuff got compared to Knights of the Old Republic after that came out and just like everybody's open world got compared to Morrowind when that came out and just like how everybody's you know story choices and side quests and um the ability to create a believable world um got evaluated when Witcher 3 came out i think everybody is going to be doing that with this game for the next four or five years, at least they're going to be comparing quest design. They're going to be comparing choice. They're going to be comparing story and voice acting, and they're going to compare all of it to this game. And that's, I think the highest praise that anything in, you know, this specific type of storytelling ever gets. That's so you make a really good point there, Ryan, about Baldur's Gate. So we are having completely different experiences than you are. Absolutely. So, so you're playing a game that is akin to a lot like maybe Dragon Age. Yeah. While we're playing a D and D game. Yes, that's exactly and, it. And it's it, it's 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 very telling how 
I'm going to have a completely different experience whenever I play this game solo because we're not seeing a lot of the characters, you right. know, the, the other yeah. party members and stuff like that. And that's a huge aspect of this game. You know, we go back to town and talk to them for a second, but the, the way we're playing it is more the game is structured around us yes. rather than structured around the, the, the AI party members. Yeah, and they, they, do, they do an excellent job in this game of weaving your AI party members' stories into the main story and also into the places that you are. Um, so it's... I, I can't wait for a lot of you guys to play this game single player because um, I think you're, it's really going to open your eyes. As much as all of you love the game now, I think your opinion on it's even going to grow when you have a chance to play through it by yourself and see you know the different pieces of each character's story and how they tie into the overall narrative. So yeah, we we make choices and our our you know our party members they're not even around to be like, hey, I don't like that. You know, right. or something like that. Like, none of that even happens because you know, we all make the decision ourselves. You know, like, you know, kill that dude. We, all right. <laughs> we, we, we killed a potential party member and looted their corpse. Yeah. A, a we party did. member with hours and hours of dialogue with personalized quests that none of us will ever see in this playthrough because we just simply never took the time to try to because recruit we did the right thing. So. Who, who is it? Who is it? <laughs> Uh, you play a single player, you'll find out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we've killed yeah, a lot did. of people, Jay. That's the thing. I'm just gonna say, we did. Uh, we did. Jay, I'm very thankful for your coyness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I wonder if you're going to say anything. I figured all yeah. of y'all would play it single player at some point, but there's oh, a couple of things because the yeah. stuff that we've done, and that's what's crazy about Baldur's Gate Three, that all these different experiences. I like the the fight with the ogre that freaking uh. Anthony got us into like I never even met that dude in my single player thing. I didn't even see that. I didn't even know he could be a summon or any of that shit. And a couple of things that that I found. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, is this the ogre that's like uh uh has a a very good vocabulary? That ogre? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in my in my playthrough, I recruited them um as uh, a summon, uh, like a one time summon that I could bring along with me. Um, yeah, it's, and the, there are, there are, there are playable characters. Yeah, you can do yeah. that. There are playable characters. There are characters in the game that start as, there's one very prominent character that starts as a, you know, just a person that's in your camp with you and is helping with things. And then after you finish a certain set of quests, they become a character that you can bring around with you uh, and actually have in your active party fighting alongside you. There are several mm-hmm. characters like that, actually. Um, so, and then there are other characters that you you will only recruit if you go down the evil path of the game. Yep. Um, oh so God, I've got to play this. Playing that, the evil yeah, path yeah, thing yeah. Is, is pretty fun. Actually, I'm toying with trying to, yeah, yeah. Th- that game is, it's, it's insane. Like it's it's just so much to do. Like there's so yep. much to it. Like, Man, yeah, you're how, how, you, can, you have you zero can... interest in this game. Who me? I think he, no, I Ken. think he's talking to Ken. Oh, Ken. Nope. Why? Oh my god! It, 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 it didn't launch on Xbox, man. That's what it is, you know. <laughs> Yes, clearly, because my game of the year was only on Xbox. I'm just saying. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Seriously, seriously, wait, wait, wait. Can you like Dragon Age? 
yeah, and I've tried Divinity. I tried Divinity Original Sin 2. I've tried the other Baldur's Gates, Neverwinter Nights. They're all just uh, boring. My God, I can't. Have you tried Baldur's Gate 3, though? I have. I played about 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Jesus Christ. You read the cover. Come on, man. You can do better than 30 minutes. Legitimate, dude. Like Ryan said it right. This is like combinations of, you know, Dragon Age, The Witcher 3, everything. All the best parts of those games are in this game. Motherfucker, you never played Spider-Man 1. I have it. You can't come at me. <laughs> if you you cannot come at me and be like, well, why did you play this when you ain't played half the shit? Come on. Yeah, I got it, though. Right. <laughs> true, true. You have like six, seven games on your list this year. You can't really, you can't really be but saying shit. You know shit what? I played, I played one of the damn best. I'll put it that yeah. way. Did. He so, did. I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that be the end of mine, and that sounds okay. seems like a natural. That seems like a natural seg to Ken. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I still have, I have two games on my. I mean, obviously, one of them, you know, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that nobody's talked about yet. But I have another one that nobody's yeah, talked it, about. It, it, it I'm, I'm surprised Mortal Kombat's not even is even going to be on your list. I, it's yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. It's also in the disappointment. So I'll just start okay. there. I figured it was going to be okay. disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 1, the story, fantastic. The gameplay, so good. fantastic. This is the best playing Mortal Kombat in the 3D era. I said it. It's been said. It's the truth. Everything else around that fucking sucks. The skins, the un- you have to grind for about 15 to 20 hours to unlock Fatality number 2 for every character. There are 30 plus characters. Jesus Christ. Fuck I'm off. Good. I'm good. Crazy. Fuck off. Or take God. out your credit card, you know? Yeah, no, that. you can't even buy it. You can't? No, you have to no, grind it. No, those are on the character things. Yeah, you got to grind them. Mm-hmm. Every character has their own mastery level, and you have to get to, I think it's like level 19 or something uh, mm-hmm. to unlock fatality number two. Also, the brutalities are in here, too. So if you want those, you got to grind those, too. Um, The invasions mode... It's just the fucking towers where, oh, here's a match where it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to get shot by a rocket, or you're going to get poisoned, or you're going to get this, and then the computer's going to whoop your ass, and oh, what are you grinding for? Oh, I don't know, coins to spend on shit that you don't want? No, thank you. I hate that type of artificial difficulty that they add to fighting games, man. Oh, it's, it's the worst. happening to you, it's terrible. Yeah, it's the worst. Like, And that's the invasions mode in a nutshell. That's what it is. Here's a fight yeah. with some shit that you need to deal with. No, thank you. But, yeah, it's it's in my disappointments. Another disappointment is uh, the year that was supposed to be the good fighting game, Street Fighter Six, is on my disappointment because other than the way it plays, I think the rest of that game is trash. The arcade mode is blah. That world tour mode is one of the most boring and hackneyed things I've ever seen in my life. Um, the microtransactions Jay talked about, absolutely just disgusting. Yeah. Yep. Like that game plays it's it's Mortal Kombat the same way like it plays awesome. It looks incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cuz I'm not going online. Are you kidding? Them dudes online just smack me down in 2 seconds like that's not fun. So that's on there. My my last one on my disappointment list is I played through Diablo 3 about 6 times. I couldn't even finish like the first act of Diablo 4. I found it so goddamn boring. That game just, ugh, it is just not fun. 
and I've booted it up six times since launch, and every time I play for about 20 minutes, and I'm like, this is just not fun. Like, it's... What class did you pick, Ken? Yeah, um, didn't we play for a little bit? We, you and I played during the early access, and I think I made it, well, we played like an hour, two hours maybe? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I played as a, oh, fuck, uh, the wizard. Oh, okay. The sorcerer. Yeah, the sorcerer, and I just, and that game is just boring. Like the loot grind is terrible. the The whole systems were like, when you get a good thing, if you take it off, it's gone forever. Kind of deal. Like all of that stuff just made me not want to play that game. It just, it just wasn't fun. Uh, honorable mentions. A lot of these are just because I haven't finished them. Sea of Stars. I loved what I played, but I never got a chance to go back to it. So that's on here. Yeah, Gravity Circuit was the same way. I think I made it through four or five of the, the levels, and I loved it. I just haven't got back to it. Super Mario RPG, same thing. I got about halfway through, never finished it. Uh, Super Mario Wonder I did finish, but I, I just don't think it's... People saying it's the best Mario game in a long time, I'm like, no, it's not. It's really not. Uh, it's good, but it, it isn't even the best Mario game on Switch. I'm just going to say that. Uh, RoboCop didn't finish it, but loved it. Uh, and honestly didn't finish it because of the problems Terrence talked about. Like, if I'm going to play RoboCop, I've got to dedicate an hour and a half to two hours to play it. And I don't usually have that amount of time. I would like to play it in, like, half hour to hour spurts. And you cannot play that game that way. Nope. And it just sucks because the game is so good. Mm -hmm. uh, another game that was really good on my honorable mentions, and I had to have six, uh, is Hogwarts Legacy. I don't give two flying shits about Harry Potter. I think the whole thing is dumb, but that game is a fucking great open world RPG. It's just great. Uh, top 10. Number 10 is Mortal Kombat 1, because it, it, it just plays too good for me not to make the list. And I love Mortal Kombat. <laughs> But in the year of Mortal Kombat hits the bottom of my list, it's not it's not a good thing. Yeah. Not a good thing. You're you're the biggest Mortal Kombat fan that I know, and the fact that it's under your disappointment and so low on your top ten says like more than more than any other review that I could possibly read. Yeah, it it's just man, it hurts my soul because if you give me MK11 structure, remove the the gear system and make it play like MK1, it's the best Mortal Kombat ever made, like just hundred percent. Number nine is the game that's just taken such a beating today, and I don't understand it. I loved Atomic Heart. I really did. I played through the entire game. I actually started the DLC, but I never finished it. Crispy Critters, go fuck yourself. Oh, Shitty man. Crispy writing. Critters is great. I love the Crispy Jerk Critters. Jerk off writing and that stupid... I, I mean, it didn't even offend me to level other people, but I was like, I get it. I get it. The vending machine is horny. I've I hated it. the vending machine. Every time I had to go to it, I was like, God damn it, not this stupid thing. But everything else I love. Like the the enemy designs, the boss designs, the world design. I love The combat it. was not fun. The combat takes a while to get used to, absolutely. And didn't it never got used to it. I was always like, this could be better. Oh, it hundred percent could have been better, but I still got used to it and was able to navigate mm. through it, so Number eight is the only game nobody's even uttered a word about, and I'm so shocked. It's like a dragon, the man who erased his name. It's so yeah. fucking good. That, 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 was, that wasn't my honorable list until I cut it down to five. Oh, so, yeah, man, yeah. that game is so good. It was good. 
Yeah. It's, it's by size. I love that. I love that it's not a 50-hour game. You can knock it out in like 12 and have the full experience. It's pretty great. Yeah, but if you know like the story, the little nods they do throughout the whole thing are so fun. Like the, the, the people you fight in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Like dudes dressing up as dudes for the past game. It's so yes, good. Yes, it's so Did you beat the game, Ken? Uh, I'm at the end of uh, chapter... I'm at the end of chapter four, so... Okay. Really close I, I won't to say anything, it. but uh, I ugly cried at the end of that game. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to finish yeah. it. I, I The only part... The part that drags is when you have to get your Akame level to level 10. Like, that part dragged a little bit. But other than that, I'm having a ball with that game. It's so good. Alright, it's time for my remake trilogy. So number seven is Metroid Prime. I don't give a fuck when it came out. That game is so fucking good. I think it's the only ten yeah, game I, this year. I was just saying it didn't feel right in my in my person like with the amount that I had on my list already. I mean that's fair. Like I just love it, and it's not the only ten. The other ten is the number one game. I'm gonna say that. Uh, but yeah, Metroid Prime number six is Dead Space because goddamn, it's so good. It's really good. Uh, number five is Resident Evil Four. You know, the, the 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 trilogy of remakes were just so good, and and Metroid's not. It's kind of a remake, kind of not, but you know. Well, I, th- I think the I think the three of us that play both those games, we can all agree that Resident Evil Four remake is better than Dead Space remake. For what they did to it, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. but goddamn, they're both really good. They're both really good. Uh, number four is Hi-Fi Rush. That game, incredible. If you haven't played it, I can't believe you haven't played it. It's so good. Uh, and then the top three, we've talked about these games ad nauseum, so I'm not going to go too deep into them. Spider-Man 2, I, unlike Ryan, I went into this game really hesitant. Like, how could this game be... It's just Spider-Man, right? It's more Spider-Man, but God, they really did a lot. And it just goes to show... That if Insomniac was not part of PlayStation Studios, the PS5's first three years would have been super kind of meh. Uh, number two, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's the only game this year that I beat twice. And loved it both times. Um, it was broke as fuck at launch. But it still was good. And then when they fixed it, I played through it again on a different system and loved it. Even more. Let me let me let me ask you guys this, and this is kind of the thing that's holding me back from playing Jedi Survivors. I I got about fifteen hours into Fallen Order, and I lost my save, Ooh. and I it sucks. I don't want to replay fifteen hours of that game just to go back to the part that I want. Can I skip Fallen Order and play Jedi Survivor? Is Jedi Survivor a better game than Fallen Order? It is 100% a better game yes. than Fallen Order. But you and need it, it to recap. You, you need a recap. Yeah, and recap. they'll give you they'll give you a recap at the beginning of this game, but it's very it's purposely very sort of fragmented and mm-hmm. uh stylistic the way they give it to you. So unless you kind of remember or know or went through the events of the first game, it's not it's not really going to trigger anything mm. um, the way they present the recap to you. So I, what I would do if I were you is either go on YouTube and just watch mm-hmm. like a story recap or yeah. just go on Wikipedia and read the synopsis of the first game. Yeah. Um, and that'll, that'll get you what you need to play the new game. Especially yeah, the I think that's probably what I'm going to do. 
Yeah, especially the characters, because, like, the relationship with, like, Marin and... Oh, what's the, the Jedi that, that he travels with in the first game? What's her name? Seer. Seer, yeah. Like, those two storylines in Jedi Survivor are fucking amazing. Yeah, and also very... Yeah, yeah, you gotta know the backstory there for them to hit as hard as they do. So, yeah, I, I would... Um, I, I would recommend, Jay, just trying to find, a like, a recap video on, on YouTube. One that sort of incorporates the cutscenes. Um, but if you can't find a good one, uh, then um, uh, I think just reading the Wikipedia synopsis would probably be good enough. Um, yeah, I think question. I think I can find a good one so far. It's like a story so far kind of video that a yeah. lot of uh, prominent yeah, just, uh, YouTubers have done. Yeah, yeah. Just be careful that you don't end up stumbling on one that spoils uh, this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- I mean, it, it does. So I, because I. Uh, and the reason I say that is because there are some pretty big spoilers in the game. Oh, 100%. and I, uh, I, I unfortunately spoiled a big one for myself within a half hour of starting the game, um, because I was curious about the way the game. So the way the game starts, and this isn't a spoiler. Um, it's as a matter of fact, I'm I'm saying it because I wish somebody had told me this. Um, at the at the very beginning of the game. No matter whether you played uh, Fallen Order or not, you're going to be introduced to like a um, a group of characters. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to necessarily know them yet. Um, and I, uh, unfortunately, um, saw them and was like, "Wait, am I supposed to remember who that was from the first game, <laughs> or who these people were from the first game?" Oh, and so okay. I looked up. And it spoiled some stuff. Oh, so, I see. So, so when you start the game, just be aware that there's going to be some characters early on that um, uh, Cal is familiar with that you're not supposed to be familiar with yet. Gotcha. I, w- I won't get debated like you did. Yes. I mean, yeah, Lord. <laughs> you you had a question, Terrence, you were going to ask? I I did yeah so though yuck well you beat it twice so you can answer it do they let you is there like a boss rush mode can you replay boss fights because there's a couple of boss fights from the first one that I would really like to replay one in particular but you can't like do they let you do that in this one I don't think so no I think there's a new game plus but there's no boss rush mode yeah the closest thing you get Terrence is a couple a couple of the bosses are included in these force tears Mm -hmm. that you can find where like you'll find a, a, it's exactly what it sounds like, a, a tear, and you can go into it, and it's like a combat challenge usually, or sometimes some of them are like traversal challenges, but okay. all of them have basically stooped up harder versions of boss fights. That's okay. the closest that you get. <laughs> I know what boss fight he wants to replay. <laughs> it... Oh, what for from the first one? Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. 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 Don't, don't yeah. spoil it. Yeah, just no, in case. no, but, never, yeah. never, never, never. But yeah, that man. But yeah, okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna play Jedi Survivor uh, this year for sure. It should yeah, be on Game Pass soon, I think. Right? That's what I'm waiting yeah. on. At this point, I'm like, yeah, man. Nice. Uh, and then, of course, number one, Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. 150 plus hours. I like Jay. I did everything. I upgraded my battery mm-hmm. fully. Did all the depths. Yeah. Did all the shrines. The only thing I didn't do was the Korok seeds, and I I'm still playing it. So maybe I will do those. 
I just um, like being too in that late world. Or offseason, man. But yeah, that game. And the thing that's interesting to me is that like Ryan and Anthony brought up like the story element. I fully accept that the story in that game, especially the way that it is told, is not great. It's flawed and it could have been done much much better. But the fact that it the reason why it didn't bother me is because I never go into any Zelda game for the story. I always go in for the adventure and kind of the discovery of it and just the world, you know, kind of just living in that world, being in that world, just kind of exploring that world. So it didn't really bother me. I, I never expected it to be good. So when it wasn't, it didn't bother me at all. So it's interesting what people have like expectations. Well, for. I don't think and either of us are complaining about the quality of the story. No. Um, yeah, Ryan's I'm main not. Concern certainly. is the the delivery method of the story. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah. Agree that's, with. That's, that's what I also. And in also my mean particular well, yeah. scenario, it's not that it's a bad story at all. It's just something happens in that story where, as a person, I suddenly felt weirdly uncomfortable about. I know what you're talking and about. And I'm not and, and here's the thing, it's nothing like what? serious. Oh, I know what he's talking about. Like it's yeah. not like it's not like a serious thing. Like I'm not saying like it's I was triggered by it, but like yeah, something in my brain just said I don't Let me ask you like let that. me ask you this question. Did you finish it? Me? Mm-hmm. I know what happens, but like to me it was like by that point I was just so kind of turned off by that aspect. I was like, I don't really want to play this anymore. I got. I got to. I. I can't give enough fan service to what Jay said earlier about that final battle, the little musical note that plays. Uh, it was. It hit so hard during that it battle. Yes. <sighs> it. It's one of those situations where the little hair at the back of your neck kind of raises up. You're like getting goosebumps. You're like, yeah. Yeah. This is. This is. This is the culmination of my 100 plus hour worth of adventure. It's happening right now. And uh, they did that way better than Breath of the Wild, uh, in my opinion, with the presentation, the challenge, and uh, just the overall way that uh, everything works out at the end. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that like that game pulls the Lord of the Rings, where you think it's over, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's totally not over. But anyway, that's it. That's that's my list. I tried to run through it quick because I know we're we're running deep and. Yeah, it was it was a damn good year, and and Drew, I look yeah. forward to your top Absolutely. three games next year. It's gonna be top one, and it's just gonna be like a dragon. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like a dragon for an hour. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be worth it much. too. I mean, to be fair though, it comes out before your business goes down, so you got time. Yeah, um, that's what I'm it, doing. That game looks like it's gonna be like a 100 hour game with all the content that it, they're talking exactly. about already. And, and I'm gonna get the ultimate weapon like I did in Like a Dragon. So, <laughs> man, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm excited. It's only Damn, like January. January's crazy, man. Like we have what two or three contenders. Like you've got Like a Dragon, you've got Tekken, you've got Prince of Persia. There's another game I'm, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting. That's coming. You have. In in the in January specific because it's I I look at it as January plus the first week of oh well, uh, Suicide Squad February. that's that's the other one I was thinking of Suicide Squad is the other I know a lot yep. of people are kind of sour on that but after you know it, I think it looks good Persona Three Reload for me that's uh, kind of oh the yeah big one. God I forgot about and that then, one of course Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth as well that's a huge one people have already pegged that um, as game of the year and I'm just kind of chuckling. I'm like, man, if it goes the way I think it's going to go story-wise, I'm going to be out. I'm sorry. 
Bro, we have no idea how that story is going to go, despite it, quote-unquote, being a remake. Because it's not a remake, it's a whole different story that they're That's the problem, is so, at the end of that first one, it's like, this just went somewhere I did not want it to go. Did it? I mean, like, I'm interested to see where it goes. Like, just I don't make want a new to game. retread Familiar Grounds. Just make a new game if you want to change the story. Don't call it Remake. I fully agree with you. They should not have called the first game remake. I think that kind of soured a lot of people's expectations on what they ended up getting. And I get that. But once you are over that naming fiasco, I think it's perfectly fine I'm to what it is. Say that the differences don't have as much impact if you know it's going to be different going in. So the name remake implies yeah, it's going to be the true. same thing. Yeah. It's they, one they of the few times I'll give them a break. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was kind of the point was like, hey, it's you remember, but play's a bit different. Actually, nope, never mind. Now it's going to be all Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, I'm out. If it gets that far, even I'm going to be out because I don't like Kingdom Hearts 2. But I love the first Final Fantasy VII, um, well, Intergrade, I suppose, let's put it. And uh, what they did with the characters, even the small moments, they expanded and put it into such a light that was so enjoyable. So I have the highest expectations for Rebirth. I hope if they can even come close to meeting it, I'd be satisfied. But well, I hope there's so much do. speculation. I'm excited. I hope they do, because for me, Final Fantasy's been on a downward trajectory for a while. So. Yeah, I mean, 16 was also on my honorable mentions until I cut it out for just to keep my five. Um, it's as a part of a spectacle and the presentation of the visuals, the music, Final Fantasy 16 is exceptional. However, as a Final Fantasy game, as an, as an actual RPG game, it is no longer the game that you were expecting to play. It's like it plays more like uh, a spectacle fighter than it does an actual RPG game. You can't even control any of your characters. You just have the one character from the beginning all the way to the end, and that's basically it. So it misses so many marks in terms of being an RPG game, but it makes up for it, and a lot of the things that it does with the the, the set pieces are so insane in that game. But you're right. Yeah, I, think, I mean, Final Fantasy what, has been in the, in the down point. Go ahead. What what you're what you're describing is the reason why it's the first Final Fantasy game I've been interested in playing in mm. years. Yeah. It's, it's funny, so, like Wombat comes back around for different. like the, yeah. the peculiar Final. I'm surprised he wasn't into 15 because 15 was very different. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was I love different. my R- I love my RPG games and I love turn-based RPG games, but um, mm-hmm. I could never get into Final Fantasy. But this one, the demo at least drew me in for sure. It was. 15 a is lot what, of that. What, what, what me back. 15 has some good points, too. I know a lot of people love the shit on 15, and I get it. That, that game has a lot of flaws, but it does a lot of things right, too. Yeah, and, I like 15. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the games have their pros and cons. I'm not sure if you're going to like 16 more than your coveted Mystic Quest, Ryan. But uh, uh, well, they're... nothing will ever be ever than <laughs> nothing will ever be better than Mystic Quest. So. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. That's always going to be the goat. But uh, I'm sure if you stick with 16, you're going to see some set pieces of the scale and size of which you've never seen in a video game before. I mean, to be fair though, Final Fantasy 14 drops on Xbox this year, so I mean, it's over. It's I am gonna actually play. I am gonna actually play that as well. Um, 
because Ryan, I... you do not have time for an MMO. Come on, man. Don't like No, me. I don't, but I at least want to check it out because it's one that I haven't ever played despite the fact mm. that I enjoy MMOs. So, so good. Yeah. It's too good. That's its problem is it's too good. When I played it, I didn't play anything else. Nothing. I want to retire and play Final Fantasy XIV. That's kind of like where my where my end game goal is right now. I just want to play this MMO that everyone has been talking it up since the, for like the decade and a half, and I've never been able to play it for longer than like two hours outside of that one very specific time on PS4. Man, so, I sank nice. hundreds of hours into that game, and then I just was like, <laughs> I need to stop. I wish I could do that with Overwatch. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you why don't you not play Overwatch and play Final Fantasy fourteen instead? I don't. I, at this point, at this point, I don't think I'll ever stop playing Overwatch until they kill the servers. <laughs> You're gonna be running your own private dedicated servers and have like a like a GoFundMe for your servers, and so that you can take wrangle just, together enough players to play it. I'll just play versus AI for the rest of my life. <laughs> speaking, of, I don't think speaking I don't of, think even uh... you'll do that. <laughs> Speaking of dedicated servers, my GOAT MMO, I know we're not doing news, but my GOAT MMO got uh, their private servers officially recognized by Cryptic. So, Yeah, they got tired of fighting it, I, th- I think is what I read. Yeah. <laughs> so we get City of Heroes back. Love it. Uh, all right, well, that's it for the 2023 games. 2024 is looking pretty good, so hopefully we'll have a lot of games to enjoy and talk about this year. But, uh... That's it for our games of the year. Hope you all enjoyed it. Like I said, I'll read through the emails and the tweets next week, so be sure to send those in. And as always, send us emails to podcast.etgd.com. Everything else is great. Half the people are already gone, because, you know, we've been doing this for three hours. But the rest of us are leaving now, so peace out, bitches. Alrighty. And it goes something like this.